do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. night i'm losing track of the days i don't know why it's wednesday night i think you know what that means at this point uh it's the mark order podcast here on uh shining wizards network and uh ant money's here with you tonight as usual and uh we're gonna call this the a team of the mark order podcast tonight it's uh ant money ATG is here. Hey, you uh, muted yourself, so I can't unmute you. I thought maybe I did that by mistake. But uh, Never Kate's happened. here. Right. What's good, Kate? I was just living the dream. Uh, that's not true. I'm exhausted today, but I'm hanging in there. How are you? Well, that's good. I'm tired. I'm tired too. I'm tired because, um, you know, uh, the holiday and all that kind of fun stuff. We're like in, we're in that Thanksgiving holiday hangover, right? Until we hit the next wave, which is upon us because tomorrow's December 1st. The countdown begins till the fat man comes down your chimney. That's right. Or Hanukkah Harry delivers some presents, I think. Could be. Could be. Who knows? But yeah, um, I don't know who would be asking Kate, where's Ryan, to be honest. I don't know who would ask that, but he's big timed us tonight, apparently. I don't know. Yeah, I he was. Some... Go ahead. Sorry. No, he texted me and was like, oh, now that we're not like worried about the suite, I'm not really interested in being on the show anymore. So sounds like he was just using us for the suite at full gear. And he was like, I don't want him to look bad. So last week he like showed up, but I think he's probably done at this point. Hey, you know what? It's been a good run for the positive one, Ryan Schlong. Um, good run for the positive one. You like it? See, I, I do know, like it. I know how to do this a little bit. I know what I'm you doing. You do. You do. Uh, yeah, we got big time. So Schlong's not here. He's probably not coming. And good riddance. Um, Doc is saying uh, it's episode AK uh, 88, aka the EC3 episode. I don't know if I understand what that one because if I were to, well, let me put it this way I find EC3 as interesting as growing grass or drying paint or anything else that is not interesting. So I don't really pay too much attention to EC3. Well, I think. uh, I was going to ask you to explain it if you know, Kate. Isn't it a Trump thing? I have no idea. I think 
Or is it an anti-Semitic thing? It's so hard to keep track. I mean, listen, it's sort of one in the same now, right? So it doesn't necessarily matter. It kind of is. Um, also, if well, that's what... If that's what Doc is looking for, there are other podcasts on this network that have beaten down cancel culture <laughs> and are waiting for Twitter Jack to deplatform them, even though Twitter Jack isn't a thing anymore. It's a white power thing. I knew it was some sort of bigotry. Kate, you probably shouldn't say that, like where we can cut it up and just have you saying what you just said, which I'm not going to say because I don't want it to get cut up for me. You're like kind of in surround sound right now. That is all on your end. I believe it. It's kind of fun. Um, is it? it feels like I'm at a movie theater. I've got Ant like in both ears. Nobody wants that. People barely want me talking as it is. Like, even um, though I, I have a little bit of the sexy voice going on. So sexy voice. Ryan's so not here. Let, Thought I'd yeah, bring it in spirit. That's fine. You can totally take it. You take it back. Take, take my it gimmick back. back. Um, so okay, before we dive into anything, uh, how was your uh Thanksgiving? It was pretty good, honestly. It was tiring but good. Um, my sister lives along the parade route and has rooftop access, so oh. we got to watch the parade from her roof like it was a movie. And I went in a couple days early. And we had family in town and a bunch of her friends came with their kids and stuff. It was really, really nice. And then uh, after that, my aunt and uncle and parents went home, but I stayed overnight and we watched the dog show. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm, watched mm-hmm. parts of the parade to get the non-roof perspective. And sure. we watched the delightfully awful Lindsay Lohan Netflix movie Falling for Christmas, which I truly mm. cannot recommend to anybody. It was so bad. Um, like Lifetime and Hallmark movies are like, ah, so bad it's good. This one was just like mostly really bad. Well, I actually, I, I is it new or is this old and it's just being resurfaced on Netflix? Oh, it's a new one. I think it's like her comeback project. Oh my God. It's pretty I might great. have to try to just see what it's about. I think if you had like a glass of wine, maybe it would be like a nice. At this it's point, washable. half a glass of wine. For me, I'm a. I'm sure, yeah. You must be like in a a different world, but uh, wow. it's it's not like unwatchably bad. It's just the whole plot is she hits her head and has amnesia. I can't remember who she is, and then of course, like the baby face who runs an inn is like, you can come stay at my inn instead of stay in the hospital, which seems insane. <laughs> and yeah. he like. He puts her to work and is like kind of mean to her. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be like the good guy? I was like, she's supposed to be at a hospital. And you're like, right. Because the, the whole thing is like, if you do everyday tasks, it'll probably like jog your memory of who you are. But she didn't know that she was like a socialite who never did anything for herself. But they're like, if you do everyday human tasks, it'll jog your memory. And so he like gives her a broom. And I'm <laughs> like, she's supposed in the to kitchen. be... Yeah, and she's like doing laundry and stuff. And I'm like, this is awful. Like, she should probably be, it's like there or a hospital. Are you sure you (laughs) weren't like get to work? Are you sure you weren't just watching like Cinderella? Sounds like Cinderella. No, it had it wasn't 
uh, Cinderella, and I know that because at one point she went to go talk to her like emotional support horse. There was a horse outside. And when she felt like she let everybody down because she didn't know how to do the chores, she went to talk to Balthazar the horse. Um, Balthazar. Balthazar the horse, yeah. Okay. Because she's a girl in a movie, so she just has to be so clumsy, you know. (laughs) Is she like, is she, is there a scene where like she's, I don't know, I'm just, is she doing the dishes or something or making something and she doesn't know how to like, uh, you know, cook something and she's like oh everything's burning or boiling over like nailed it that see? was one uh was trying to do laundry and poured the whole bottle of detergent in with her elbow because she's so clumsy was another tried to put the fitted sheet on the bed and couldn't do it um wow and she so she falls down and has a concussion she falls like two other times in the movie and I'm like, isn't that the one thing you should make sure she doesn't do? And if she does, she should probably go back to the fucking hospital. Or if you're following any sitcom logic, if you hit your head and forget, you know, have your your amnesia, you hit your head and it comes right back. Remember who you are. So this guy should have like she should have what I would have done at that point is the second time she falls, her memory comes back and the guy's there and he's like, are you okay? And she's like, what am I doing here? I'm a rich socialite, blah, blah. And the guy has to brick her again so that she forgets <laughs> who she is. That would have been a better movie. Probably. And just like, I don't know, falling in love with her when she doesn't remember who she is felt kind of predatorial and weird. Like, weird. hey, I have literally no sense of self. You're calling me Sarah because I don't know my own name. But like, let's kiss is just like a very uncomfortable thing but it was really bad she's actually not like the worst actor but i was just like it was hard to root for the good guy when he seems like a manipulative piece of shit all right so (laughs) this movie sounds terrible it is you now this is what you say is supposed to be her comeback have you ever seen the lilo movie the canyon starring an adult film star, James Dean. However, this is not an adult film. I have not, but now I need to. Yes, you do. Because I'd like you to tell me, and I'll do the homework on my side. I've seen The Canyon. Because it was on like Showtime or something, and I had heard how bad this fucking movie was. So I sat and watched it, and I was like, yeah, it's fucking bad. Um... I'll do the homework on my side, Kate. I will watch this shitty Christmas movie. If you'll okay. sit and watch The Canyon, Hell and we yeah, can compare notes and see which movie we think is really worse. If you're like on a great, terrible Christmas movie grind, I would recommend The Christmas Wedding Planner, which I won't spoil the end for you. is insane. Um, do but they get she- married? Yeah, but like... <laughs> But like, but none of the movie leads to them really getting married, but kind of, I can't even, the plot is, this is her first wedding. She's planning it for her cousin. The cousin's wedding seems to be much more about this woman's ability to plan. And there is a PI that got hired to find out if the fiance is cheating. And for no reason at all, other than sentimental value, this gal is sending text messages and then spoiler alert halfway through the movie she 
you find out she was texting her dead mom. But oh my god, the texts they sent, and I'm like, are you paying your dead mom's phone bill to be able to text her? You weirdo. It's the same. I'll tell you the end because you're probably not going to watch it and it won't spoil anything because it's just so ridiculous. There's a cameo from Joey Fatone and, and Joey I would Fat say one. Joey Fat one. And I would say for half his scenes, he was not with the other actors. And it's painfully obvious because the camera's just on him reacting to nothing and then cuts to the couple <laughs> and it's back and forth, back and forth. Oh my and God. then what happens is the lead woman gets like sucked into this investigation with this guy who she's obviously falling for at the same time. But uh, she like thinks she catches the fiance in the act. She doesn't. Then at the wedding, there's a falling out at the wedding. He comes in right before they're about to say, I do. And it turns out he knocked up the housekeeper and they fired the housekeeper. And then, um, despite them having a falling out where they weren't talking to each other because he does that, uh, the wedding planner gal not only forgives him, but he proposes and he proposes with the engagement ring of the girl who just found out her ex-fiance knocked someone else off. Outside the church where they were getting married and then they get married in that same church. (laughs) It's so fucking stupid. Oh my God. And you were like, you could tell too, they were like, lead gal looks like Natalie Portman, but isn't like 100%. It was, it's, it is, that one's so bad, it's good. And I think both actors in it were aware of that fact because they, they like navigated it pretty well. But oh my God. the end is so fucking insane. It's real fun. And what was yeah. this one called? The Christmas Wedding Planner? Yeah. Is that it's really better, what it was called? Let me, I, so here's the thing. I, Watched a few of these with my sister because we just like get a kick out of this shit. Was it um, now? Was it part of the LMU or the HCU? So LMU? it's actually this. This one's a this one's a Netflix. This isn't Lifetime or. Hallmark. Oh, I'm glad you picked up on Lifetime, uni, Lifetime uh, movie universe and Hallmark Channel universe. Um, it took me a minute. But I got where I got where you were going. I was gonna I was um, gonna yeah. explain it because I wasn't sure if you were down with it, but you're down with it. I'm down with it. Yeah, the Christmas wedding planner. Oh so I I watched it last year with my sister. We were laughing hysterically at it. Not with it, at it. And then I remembered that Joey Fatone hadn't I was like, wait, wasn't he like not in the same room when he was delivering his lines? And so I had to go at least find that scene. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to like take video of it and send it to my sister. And then I ended up just like working and having it on in the background. And then I was like, oh, that's a scene. Um, it's so dumb. It's so great. There's an important question here from Slonomite in the um, chat. What is the difference between the two universes? Sloan, I'm glad you asked. In the Lifetime movie universe, oftentimes I find that lives are falling apart. Things are terrible. Oh, I don't know what I'm clicking on now. Hold on. Um, Things are normally falling apart. People are at their often worst. And then um, eventually through sort of fucked up means, people find their way together and sort of happily ever after. Hallmark is way more 
way more yeah lighthearted and wholehearted usually it's not people down and out on their luck like in the lifetime movie universe um people are just going through a rough patch but they have an optimistic outlook and they still find exactly what they're looking for um and things work out in the end for them because it's all mark so i would call personally i would say the lmu is the marvel cinematic universe of those two choices uh, hallmark is definitely the dc and uh you know it's just never going to work out no matter how many times they try to reboot it i would also say because all right real talk my sister and i were going to do a podcast called very merry movies where we like an ncaa bracket compared hallmark and lifetime and had winners at the end then she got long COVID and everything sucks but sure. um when we were planning this we were watching one and we were like isn't that the same girl from the other one? They just trade actors back yep. and forth. This girl, Rachel Bilson, we looked her up because we thought she was actually a pretty good actor. We were like, what the hell is she doing in this, right? Yeah. She was in like six of them, like mm-hmm. three on each side. And I was and like, well, we would just have a whole Rachel Bilson division. Was Rachel Bilson from like the OC or some shit like that? Like that's a name I've heard of. Um, oftentimes what I find, Kate, is that the as much as I hate the Hallmark channel universe, the HCU, um, I find that they have large, you know, bigger names that you would know of. Like, uh, who is it? Like Lacey Chabert or whatever her mm-hmm. name is, uh, from party of five back in the day. And, uh, mean and girls. girls. Um, um, the chick from seventh heaven is one of my favorite stupid ones as well. Uh, not, it, uh, Jessica Beale, not Jessica. Yeah, not Jessica Biel. Who was the? She was like the middle sister. What the hell's her name? I know who you're talking. I don't. I I only know like one name in that show, and that's Jessica Biel. And then there was the father who I think was a pedo, right? Like there was something that went on in that show. Like that guy wound up being a pedophile. Yeah, um, and he played a fucking minister. <laughs> yeah, so it's all sort of worked out. He really went method with that one. He really um, did. Turn uncomfortable though. Well, Rachel Bilson is somebody. She was yeah. in the OC. You are 100% right. And I never watched the OC, but I'll tell you uh, my uh, my idiot brother did. So um, I knew one thing about the OC. That, that tracks, story, right? Story checks out so hard. Right. Little, little emo Danny watching the OC makes so much sense to me. <laughs> I I only knew uh, one thing about the OC is, uh, and of course, when I saw Stranger Things this year and, you know, running up that hill made its comeback. Yeah. I was like, I like I said to Gina, I was like, I've heard this song before, but I don't think this version. I was like, is this the real version or did they retrofit a modern song to the 80s? And she was like, no, this is the real version. I was like where else did I hear this? And I started looking it up and I was like, that's it. There was a cover placebo covered that song. Uh, and if I got that wrong, Mrs. Money's going to kill me, but placebo covered that song and they use it in the OC. That's the only thing I, I know about the OC. I never got into it either. The only thing I, I really like Peter Gallagher who I think was on it. Oh, like uh, Caterpillar Eyebrows. Yeah, he's a good actor, though. He's really, really good. Uh, but even that, I think I gave it one episode because my little cousin wanted to watch it, and I was like, this is not for me. My uh, 
my favorite role Peter Gallagher ever played was um fuck uh, uh Mr. Deeds. Uh that is oh, maybe shit, his finest yeah. work in his entire career. I've seen him in random stuff, but Mr. Deeds is maybe my favorite. Did you see him in While You Were Sleeping, the romantic comedy with Sandra Bullock? Oh, where he was in a coma? Was he? No, he was. Was he in the coma? He was in the coma, and he's hysterical after. He's so him playing a guy who was sincerely in a coma. Uh, he's he's really like very funny, and what is otherwise like a charming but very regular chick flick. He's very very funny in that. Kate, if I can tell you something, uh, I know Mrs. Money knows it. I've taught I've told her numerous times. Um, I will watch just about anything. Like I know, uh, I know you said like, Hey, have you seen him in uh, while you were sleeping? And it's probably a surprise that I was like, yes, I have seen that he was in the coma, but if it is on like, like HBO showtime stars, whatever, and it's just on and I can't find, I'll just leave something on. Like I've sure. seen made in Manhattan and bride wars because they were on HBO and I just didn't feel like, lifting my arm to change the channel on the remote you know what i mean those ones are like those yeah. are even like yeah those are bottom of the barrel just terrible um so yeah that's how i see a lot of these terrible like rom commy shit movies what happens in vegas do you ever see that one that one's another one that's on a lot maybe um there's so many movies with vegas in it or like related to vegas that i start to lose track that's true. Um, but well, I'm glad Thanksgiving was good. So it sounds like for you, you watched the dog yeah. show, you watched the, the the crummy movies, which are always a ton of fun. Um, How about you? Any shop? Well, I was just going to say, did you get any deals over the weekend or anything like that? I did. I got a couple. So small business Saturday, I bought things entirely for myself. Sure. <laughs> uh, I found actually the town in which I live is pretty adorable and I was like you know what it would actually be good to like go downtown uh especially like I was just in recovery mode all weekend uh so I went and I found some really fun stuff at the thrift store and then I bought some things at our little hippie store that was great and then Cyber Monday I did pretty good with a few things that like I sincerely needed and then I also got my sister she I don't think I'll listen to this as long as we don't clip it uh I got her a projector because she has oh, nice. a giant white wall, like stark white, that's above her bed at a very low headboard. And she doesn't have a TV and she watches the time, especially she's had long COVID all year. She can't get the fuck out of bed. And she's right. like watching. And I was like, look, they make smart projectors. Like, I know she's intimidated by technology, but like, you, it's yeah, really it's easy, easy now. So she was like, I know. And she wants one, but she just like won't go through with it. So I was like, I'm going to get her hooked up and I'm going to take it out of the box and test it and set it up for her. <laughs> nice. So that she actually uses it. But it's like a $250 projector for like 70 bucks. I, I, did, I did pretty well on uh, on Amazon. Did you score any deals? I didn't score any deals, but I did have a number of boxes show up, Kate. So we'll get to that shortly. Um how was my Thanksgiving? I'll tell you this much. Last Wednesday, uh, I know I texted you guys after uh, like my short day at work. Uh, I got my ass was handed to me last week because of the short week of, of work. And it's just, you know, that time of year for me. So 
um, I was buried. And then Wednesday, I texted you guys as soon as work was done. I was like, I am so fucking pumped. I had a new TV delivered on Wednesday. Fucking oh, yeah. 75 inch screen and a new sound bar. And I got it all fucking hooked up and, and mounted to the wall and watched wrestling. I was like, I feel fucking good. We're going to watch wrestling and I talk to you guys. And good Thanksgiving. Damn. So um, everything went according to plan Wednesday. Thursday woke up, watched a parade with the boy on the new TV. He was fucking pumped, had breakfast, went to, you know, Thanksgiving. Passed out somewhere in the middle of the afternoon on Thanksgiving um, and then uh, woke up uh, Friday morning uh, feeling like somebody ran over me. And so I got up Friday, uh, you know, with uh, with the boy and um, she slept in, you know, we trade off. So she slept in on the Friday and uh, she got up maybe around like nine o'clock, maybe even like eight o'clock. I don't know. But she got up and she goes, you should go back to bed. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm up. Like, I feel like trash, but I'm up. And she was like, after a while, she was like, just, just please go to bed. Like, you'll be better. I said, all right, like, I'll go to bed. I don't think like, I'm not going to fall asleep or anything. So I'll see Like, I'll see. And if I'm not asleep, I'll see in like a half hour. And I went to the room and I laid down and I had the TV on or something like that. And then, uh, next thing I know, I blink and it's two o'clock. Um, what are those? I left the room and I still felt like trash and, uh, you know, kind of just sat on the couch and, um, blinked. And then it was five o'clock and then, um, blinked and it was like seven o'clock or like six thirty, And, uh, I see Gina, Mrs. Money in the, in the dining room and she's like dressed and I'm like, where are you going? And she's like, are you serious? And I was like, I've, I forgot we were, we were supposed to go out somewhere. And I was just like, I don't know if I like, I can't even keep my eyes open. And, um, I blinked and then I woke up in my room at nine o'clock with the lights on under the covers. And, uh, like I ran downstairs to see, uh, my mother-in-law and, um, I was like, sorry, I don't even know how I got in my room, but like, you know, I'll take the camera to to see the boy if you want. And she said, I'll, I'll watch him just go back to bed. Then I woke up Saturday, Kate, still feeling like shit, slept most of the day, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, still not feeling great. So I even took a day off Monday and you know me, like I rarely take days off work and, uh, I woke up with Anthony Monday morning and he had sort of the night before didn't sound great. And, uh, you know, so we gave him some medicine preemptively and he woke up that morning and he sounded fine. And we kind of said like, you know, if you're going to stay home, like you got to stay in bed and like relax. Like this isn't like, uh, you know, a free day. Right. So, you know, I was going to send him to school because he, he sounded fine. And uh, he was sort of like, oh, I don't know. And it got to the point of like no return. And I was like, what are you doing, pal? Like, you want to go to school or are you going to spend the day in bed? And he's like, I'm going to go to school. Send him to school. Mrs. Money woke up because uh, it was my day to get up. She woke up and she said the same thing. See you later. You sound fine. You look fine. He was fine all the way to school. 
three o'clock comes and uh, his nan picks him up and they get home and he flops on the couch and passes the fuck out. This kid was so sick and he oh. went to the doctor <laughs> and he had the flu. So I've had the flu because uh, I definitely passed it to him. Uh, and that's why I sound the way I do. I feel better, but I just sound like shit. I'm glad you feel. I feel like everybody either has COVID or something or the flu or some you know, people had fall allergies before, nasty yep. head colds. It, like everything is going around right now. And I just keep, I've been good. So I'm just knocking on wood. And I feel like I had COVID three times. So this is like, you got to pass this time, Kate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I was, I was telling, you know, somebody I work with, I was like, you know, when I was, when I was younger, Kate, I'm not sure if you remember, but when I was younger, I was always told you don't get the flu shot. Because there's not enough to go around. It's for the elderly, women who are pregnant, and younger kids because they don't have enough immunity to really fight the flu. You're of a certain age. You don't need the flu shot because you could fight it. So I've, I never get the flu shot because it's just been drilled into my head all these years. You don't get it. There's not enough, even though now there's plenty of fucking flu shot to go around. Um, so, like, it's just lingering now with me, like, you know. I know like if I had the flu shot, I either a wouldn't have gotten the flu or it would have been much more milder and would have passed in like a day or two. But now it's obviously like day six and I'm still just like dealing with all this stuff. But uh, yeah, so what it wound up just being a bummer for me because I had so many things I wanted to accomplish over a four day weekend. Yeah. Like we wound up decorating inside of our house for Christmas because it was something the boy wanted to do. But I didn't get to finish my outside like nothing's lit up outside. I wanted that already done because I didn't want to have to do it. And it's going to, you know, do it in December and it's going to be fucking freezing this weekend. So I got to do it anyway. But uh, yeah, so it wound up being a bummer, but I feel better now. I'm glad you're in the right direction and through because sometimes that shit lingers like for weeks and weeks. So yeah, the boy is definitely feeling better today. Yesterday, he stayed home from school, obviously, with the flu, but uh, he stayed home and he literally was laying down like on the couch and stuff all day. And um, uh, that's how, you know, like, OK, he's sick because like even when he's sick, he wants to be up and running around like doing stuff. Yesterday, he was not today. He stayed home again because they were like, you should keep him home for a couple of days. Um he definitely is feeling better because he was like being annoying and want to run around and do all this stuff. <laughs> he normally well, does. Good and bad news with yeah. that. <laughs> so we'll see. Tomorrow's a game time decision. Um, so we'll see what happens tomorrow. But yeah. Is there so an that, elf on the shelf? Because that might contain some of that. Uh, no, absolutely not. We do, do not do that bullshit in my house. I'm not worrying about hiding this fucking thing every day. It's so, a lot. It is. <laughs> I, I the people who do it, totally fine. Congratulations, you're a better parent than I am. But uh, it's just another thing I don't want to have to worry about, you know? Yeah, um, of course. It's hard enough, believe it or not. And I know we're 30 minutes in and we've talked Thanksgiving, Christmas movies, and whatever. But Yeah, uh, the compulsories. Right. Um, I'll tell you this. It really, like, last year or even maybe the year before, we've already dealt with the... Uh, I don't know about this whole Santa thing. Like it hit his brain. Oh, like really. And I kind of said to G, I'm like, where could he have fucking picked this up? Like, because we, ne- we definitely don't spoil it. Like we're not, you know, 
unhappy people. Like we're like, live your life, kid. You're yeah. You're and um, we sort of talked him back. I don't know how, but he bought back in and he's he's on it. But I was just like, it was weird, Kate, because it was like all of a sudden, like the year before, it's like Santa, go, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then the next year is like, Santa's not real, huh? And I was like, what the fuck? He's Santa. And it was like, part of me was like, he picked this up from someone maybe at preschool. But the other thing was like, he started saying stuff and I was like, he's maybe piecing it together, which was a little weird. He's kind of like, but we don't have a chimney. How is he getting into my house? Oh. Like, I don't think that's a thing. And I was like, Oh fuck. Like, so it was, uh, it was, it was weird, but he's back in, like he's all in on Christmas. We got three catalogs in the mail, one from Amazon, one from Walmart or something. And one from like Lego or target. So he he's sat, like, I don't give a shit if Santa's real. I want my toys. <laughs> well, Kate, he sat. The first one we might have gotten was like, let's say Amazon, right? So he sat down with it and he went through it and circled stuff one day. And then like literally the next day, he's like, I'm just looking through it. And he looks through it and he starts circling more shit. And I'm like, well, you already circled stuff. He's like, yeah, I just want to want to just look at some more stuff. It's to the point where all the books, everything is pretty much circled. So I even said to oh my like my brother asked me, he was like, uh, can you send me some of the photos of the things he circled? I'm like, good fucking luck, dude. It's all circled. The whole thing. Yeah, it's all circled. So when I started questioning the Santa thing, oh God, I was a I was like a I was a good kid, but I was a stubborn little brat. Um, and if I got fixated on something Wait, you? I know, shock. I was gonna say the was if I grew out of it, notwithstanding, but I like temper tantrum city. Uh, and instead of going to my parents, cause I'm a manipulative little bitch. I went to my sister when she was trying to sleep one night and gave her like the third degree. And God bless her. She held up every lie that every, or I'm sorry, every truth that every Christmas movie has, has ever told us. What about people without chimneys? What about times? So she just, she, while she was trying to sleep, went through it all. And then in July at my grandparents' house, I, for two hours, kicking and screaming on the floor, my poor mom just wore her down. And then she made me go ask my dad because she promised they'd never tell. Oh <laughs> and I just kind of like pieced it together. But I remember those wish books. I remember the JCPenney one. I was yep. like, that was my shit. Would circle everything. Even Toys R Us used to send a cattle, you know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's hey, now. Speaking of toys. Oh. Segway. Segway. I got one. <gasps> I got two. I got a three. Somebody was a good boy. I got four. <laughs> Christmas came early to the money house this year. You know, the funny thing is that um, that uh, the boy sees the boxes come and he's like, hey, dad, uh, did I get anything? I'm like, nope. No. This is straight up dads. And then uh, so now we're obviously into December. I know Mrs. Money is uh, listening, but uh, she will also often say to me, what's that? And I'm like, these four boxes, honestly, Kate, I don't know what the fuck they are. I'm assuming they're their AEW things. We're gambling right now. And if it's not, I'll show you what's in here because I really don't order much. 
But um, but I would these... love to sincerely do an unboxing of non-AW stuff. If it's there's just like AW coffee stuff, filters. I'm going to show you. Yeah. Um, but I don't order that <laughs> stuff online. Like that would so. Be so great. But uh, Gina was like, "Is that for me?" I'm like, "No." And she's like, well, "What is it?" I'm like, "I don't know." I don't know. Because some of the stuff I pre-ordered and uh, I pre-ordered and like, I don't know, I don't remember what they pre-ordered or where they're from. You know what I mean? Like some stuff's from Target, some's from Walmart, some's from Amazon. So let's see what they are. Here's my uh, box cut, my box cutter, my opener. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Fucking saber over there. It's my new switchblade. When I bought it, uh, I bought it because it's a legit switchblade. And is um, Matt scared to talk to it? I don't know. He might be. I'll ask him next time I see him. <laughs> um, but I bought it in a Connecticut when we were on our Connecticut trip. We went into a store, and I was like, "Is that a real switchblade?" Fuck yeah, it is. I was like, "I'm gonna buy it." Damn. And Mrs. Money was like, "Why do you need that?" I'm like, "Why don't I need that?" Why it's wouldn't a fucking I need switchblade. That? Yeah, it's just badass. Yeah, you're just cool. Why do you need um, it? Because you're cool, and that's cool, right? And so, um, so uh, the girl when I bought it was like, "So uh, just you know, check it, make sure it works, and like you know, you hit the button, it opens. You push this thing to put it back. Here's the lock. You know, make sure it works right." And then she goes, "Um, you know, just make sure like if you're, you know, carrying it on you." And then she stopped and she's like, actually, you probably shouldn't carry it on you. There's the, the rules are sort of sketchy on like whether you can carry it or not. I'm like, I'm not carrying it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like, it's a novelty for me. She's all like, right, if first... you're going to the airport, don't bring it. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, Kate, first box. And it is wrestling related. Okay. It is uh, Target exclusive uh, Darby Avant Garde. Ooh. Yeah, he's looking pretty good. He looks good. good. Yeah. He's all dark and brooding on the back. I I wish I had something here that told me when I pre-ordered this because it wasn't recent and I can't remember. (laughs) There's not like a packaging slip or anything? It might be, but do you want me to search the box for it when I've got three more to open? No. Also, uh... I got a box, but I don't even think I put it on the air. Uh, but uh, it was the uh, GameStop. Like, honestly, I think in 2021, GameStop did uh, did uh, pre-orders on figures where they dressed up like Street Fighter characters. And it was Akuma or uh, Kenny Omega as Akuma and the oh. Young Bucks as like Ryu and Ken. Because remember they did that maybe for like Halloween one year. Well, Kate, things get a little more interesting here. Please be like sponges and like hands. No. So this is also wrestling related. Ah. Hmm. Well, this is fun because um, I definitely would not have ordered uh, two of these Darby Allens. And they said for Matt. Why would I do that? He orders uh, three or four of them himself. In case you missed it or something. I, I don't, know. I don't, don't know. believe I did, Kate. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put this out 
right now, I'm going to go on my Target account or whatever. I'm going to see if I order two. If I order two for some reason, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, um, you know, uh, open one up or give it to the boy, you know, to play with. I don't care that it's an exclusive. I've got my one in the box, right? But if this happens to be a happy accident, Kate, maybe we figure out a way to give one away to a listener. Ooh. Maybe, I like right? that idea. That'd be fun. Because if I didn't order it and they literally just fucked up and sent me two. They basically gonna... were like, we know you're an influencer. And we want you to have That's this it. to give away to all of your fans. That's it. I'm going to spread the wealth. I'm not going to just... I'm not the one to rock, one to stock. That's a millionaire Matt thing, and that's cool. But I just, uh, you know, I just order two or order one. Right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we see what happens. Okay. So this is also, this is the third package. This is from, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, from Amazon. This is definitely wrestling related. It is a, an AEW unrivaled two figure pack, but I don't know what it is because it doesn't tell me on the box. So let's slice this baby open. Take a look, Kate. What do you say? Oh, are we gambling? The suspense is killing you. I I bet it's, it's Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. It might be, there might've been a Cody Rhodes two pack. No, nope. It is not Britt Baker and Jamie. Nope. You want one more guess? Three, three times a charm. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus before the turn. Ooh, so sorry. Not this one. This Mark is a step. unrivaled tag team pack, and believe it or not, it's another Darby. But it's Darby and Sting. Nice, Darby. Yeah, they look pretty good. They do look good. The box looks nice. I guess the manufacturer got to the Darby figures. (laughs) Yeah, finally, they were like, the skinny molds came in. (laughs) The ones we use for the 12-year-old Skipper dolls? Yeah, or the the, uh, urban urban dwelling, um, you know, uh, subway... Subway stabber or whatever. Wasn't there that weird guy? <laughs> Hold on. Here we go. Here's another Amazon box. Now, again, I'm gambling that this is more wrestling related stuff because I don't order too much other stuff from Amazon. Mm-hmm. All right. It is wrestling related, Kate. I know, I know you were wishing for something that wasn't. At least and one. At least that would have been fun. Like, I ordered a pack of underwears. And if it was, I would have shown you. I know, that's why I was excited, because you're a man of your word. All right, Kate, now this one. Darby Allen. Bo- no, but the box does give away what this is. So I'm not going to show the box, but it is Sheeta. an AEW uh, tag team two pack. So if you would like to take three guesses, you certainly can. And I would like to take three guesses. If you want to maybe even sweeten this deal, let's do it this way. You can take a guess, and if it's not correct, you can ask a qualifying question, and I'll answer. Ooh, okay. But it's got to be okay. like like a 20 questions type deal, like um, yes or no. Like I can't give you like a detailed answer. That's fair. 
right. Um, I'll start with Silver and Reynolds. Incorrect. Okay. Is this tag team a part of a bigger faction? No. Oh, okay. Second guess. That should eliminate a lot of them, actually. They're not part of a bigger faction. That is correct. Currently, they're not part of a bigger faction. I can't answer that question. Oh, okay. Uh, because you've I already will... asked if they're part of a larger faction. Yeah. FTR. No. This is okay. your last question and your final guess. And we know it's a tag team, and there's not really a women's tag division, so they would be male. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, have they been tag team champions before? Yes. Oh, okay. So the Young Bucks are in a bigger stable. Mm-hmm. Which kind of means it should be swerving our glory. Kate, I'm so sorry. It is not. Uh, you've actually said them before. No, Jurassic Express. It is tag team champion Jurassic Express. Wow, those are good looking though. Dan, that Luchasaurus is really good. They are good. I had a 50-50 shot and I blew it. <laughs> I can't tell you though. I can't tell you how many Luchasaurus figures I have like in box. Because well, yeah, because you will double up on those, right? Because you get one for the boy usually. Well, no, these. Uh, I mean, I got the one oh, for the boy for Christmas, but the other ones, like they're just they did the. Who did it? Like, uh, uh, Ringside Collectibles did the the two pack, but it was like Jungle Boy was sitting on his shoulders, and then there was a variant version of that where you open the box and it's. Luchasaurus on Jungle Boy's shoulders. You know what I mean? Like they just switched them in the packaging. Stupid idiots know how to get extra money out of you. But yeah, um, they do. But yeah, so I've got a number of Luchasaurus in box. Poor kid's got a Luchasaurus in his leg. Uh, keeps popping off, but he doesn't care. Then he uses it as a weapon. <laughs> Smart kid. Yeah, he's like, then he'll just hit you with his leg. I'm like, okay, good point. Wise guy. So there you go, Kate. No. Um, no uh, unwrestling related items. I'm sorry. No, no, like just cereal bars or. Yeah. That's a bummer. Sorry. Maybe next time. Do you ever, speaking of the unboxing stuff, do you ever see those things where you can just order a box and it's like items that like uh, were left over or like didn't make it to like the destination or like a return to send yes. package? Yeah. You could just order for like 50 bucks and they'll send you like a box full of them and it could just be random shit. Like it could be sponges, could be a glass dildo, could be like a bunch of batteries. It doesn't, you know, you never know. It's completely was, random. Yeah. I was thinking about doing it, but I'm like, you're really flushing money down the toilet. You really are. You I mean, really are. I don't understand that one, but well, Kate, listen, we've wasted like 47 minutes. Well, not wasted because I enjoy no, this. Time. We had great times. But I do, uh, we normally use this time to talk about uh, Rampage, and I don't necessarily want to go through all of Rampage. Although I will say this, it was nice to be able to watch it like four in the afternoon and not have to be up till like 11 o'clock at night. Uh, watching oh, yeah. Show. It was also real nice starting a post show at 1010 instead of 1110. <laughs> yeah. Week. 
<laughs> that was delightful. So, um, so, and I also saw that I think it did well for them with the ratings at four o'clock instead of fucking uh, 10 o'clock. Who would have thought? But um, people were sick of their families, ready to watch. We did uh, see FTR uh, defeat Top Flight, and it looked like um, Dante Martin uh, got uh, hurt during that match. I think he did suffer an injury, but it wasn't as bad as what they initially thought. Uh, so that's good news. Um, Gun Club needled FTR. That's fine. Powerhouse Hobbs had a had a video. Um, we did have the Jericho Appreciation Society come down, and then Claudio basically challenged uh, Jericho to a match for the title. So they did agree to have that match at uh, Final Battle, which Schlong and I talked about last Wednesday night because of the way that things worked out on uh, on Dynamite. Um, it just was like, yeah, it's probably going to go this way. And part of me was hoping like, maybe it won't be the pay-per-view. Maybe it'll just be like on television, but it is going to be the pay-per-view. But the interesting stipulation here, Kate, is that if uh, Claudio loses, he has to join the JAS. And first, at first I was like, well, he's definitely not like, not at first, but a while ago I would have been like, well, he's not going to lose uh, or, you know, he's not going to lose because the Blackpool Combat Club is so intact but now i'm like hey maybe they're busting this whole thing up and he'll join the jas which could be fucking hilarious i am so sick of claudio and jericho fighting i feel like it's the only feud he's really had since he's walked into the company i don't need him in the jericho appreciation society compounding that relationship i do think that's the way it'll go. And I think it'll be like three weeks of Claudio in a bucket hat. And then when, cause I think that's December 10th. And then I think I'm hoping they're getting TV January of 2023. It sounded like new year. They might be lined up for that. So I'm hoping it's just a couple weeks or maybe there's an interesting wrinkle here where Danielson won't let it happen or Garcia turns back or something. But uh, I am just dying for them to move the fuck on. I, I could be funny. I, it's not going to read funny to me because I'm just so tired of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think Claudio is going to win this belt back because I think that you move that title to somebody with like, I don't think you bring this full circle and Claudio taking it back. Cause it almost would be like, what's the point then? Right? Like what was the point of Jericho? doing this um so i i do think jericho's gonna retain and i think you're gonna move the title when they announce some sort of tv deal and then you make it a big deal on live television for free um sure but it's just like you know again nobody knows when nobody knows where that's gonna happen and it's almost like who's left for that to you know, who's left of importance to take the belt off Jericho. So there's still a lot of questions. If Adam Cole was healthy, that would be the guy to do it. It does feel like it should feel maybe Danielson. Cause they put up this like XROH champion thing in his uh, little, whatever it's called tonight. Yep. But it, it feels like someone, it should be someone synonymous with the Ring of Honor brand because this whole 
title reign for the Ocho has been an attack on Ring of Honor, right? Taking out Bobby right. Cruz, taking out Ian Riccoboni, calling it Ring of Jericho. Like, it feels like it should be somebody synonymous with the brand. I think Danielson's a good call in that regard. I think it's ridiculous Danielson hasn't worn any gold since he's been in here. We'll get to that tonight because nice mm-hmm. reminder that he's the best in the fucking world to do this. But, yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about that for sure. Whew. Uh, let me see. Tony Storm talks to Renee Paquette. She had her, she broke her face losing the title. She'll break it, getting it back. Yeah. Um, that was good. Darby Allen defeated Anthony Henry. That was pretty good. Athena gets interviewed. Uh, so she's a full heel now and she's going to face Mercedes for the women's world championship at, at uh, final battle. So that should be good. Some uh, Japanese female wrestler I've never seen before, Shida, defeated Queen Aminata. Um, like five seconds. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Dax Harwood challenged Danielson to the match tonight, and that's what we're going to talk about. But the main event and the real big talk of the episode, Kate, the was... The main event. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. It's time for the main event. It's okay. It's past tense, but... And... um. What everybody was talking about uh, was um, the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds, Silver, uh, Alex Reynolds, Silver and Ten uh, versus the Blade, Rouge uh, and the Butcher. I don't know why I separated the Butcher and the Blade with Rouge, but I did. Um, now, the interesting here Kate, thing here, Kate, was that Silver and Reynolds didn't know where Ten was. He didn't even come with them to the ring. It was a handicap match, essentially to start and then you know all of a sudden towards the end um uh uno and brody brody lee jr appear and they wave on you know 10 to to come to the ring 10 gets in the ring stares down roosh and then he attacks and pummels the shit out of silver roosh hits the bull's horns in the corner to get the win and then 10 takes out reynolds with the discus lariat uh, Uno gets uh, gets taken out uh, and they they rip the mask almost off his head. Um, you know, uh, Ten just turning his back on the Dark Order and then making his way up the ramp, taking his mask off, throwing it down in front of Brody Jr. And he's fucking done. He's part of this uh, Los Ingernobles uh, faction, you would you would think. Um, Kate, that was pretty shocking. I didn't see that coming. I mean, the writing was on the wall, but they seem to write themselves out of this stuff a lot, like because they sort of say, like, listen, the Dark Order's not going anywhere. We're here, we're doing our thing. You know, they've been breaking them up and chipping them up, uh, chipping away at them, but I just really didn't think that uh he was gonna really turn his back on that team. It was a little shocking. Yeah, I in my eyes, a pretty perfectly executed heel turn. Uh, like, John Silver is one of the most perennial, perennially over wrestlers in the world. He's kind of with Orange Cassidy. doesn't matter what he's doing. People are going to cheer for it. Um, so him taking the discus lariat, Alex Reynolds going through a table at the end of this, like everybody getting their ass kicked was really fun. Andrade, mm-hmm. we found out, had surgery. So him being out, doesn't really affect this too much, uh, which I think is good. I think that's healthy for right. Roosh and everybody else. And just like credit to negative one man, like he's a kid and played his part perfectly in this. Like 
He yeah. really, and uh, Amanda Huber, like, tweeting online and stuff, if he does choose to go the wrestling route, like, he's going to have a hell of an origin story to to get his career started. But this surprised me, too. I still don't know if I love it, but what I really do like is that the Dark Order is on our screen as themselves and not a bunch of other people's henchmen and kind of directionlessly. Uh, so I like it, and fundamental storytelling-wise, it's, it's just a, a perfectly well-done turn and also like we've seen his face so many times like it's really okay he took off the mask but a nice a nice uh kind of cherry on top was dropping it um so i'm in i'm intrigued i also don't know you know we saw Stu grayson does he come back i think he'd be a perfect fit for ring of honor if they wanted to do something there silver and reynolds are great as a tag team it's kind of evil uno to me that might feel a little lost in the shuffle with this right so um but it, but I'm interested, and it's nice to see them have a story that's theirs for the first time in a very long time. Right. No, I I agree. It it puts them in a consistent story. So even if it's on rampage, though, you know they're telling a story, they're involved. So I'll take it. Um, but you know we're gonna talk about dynamite in a few minutes here, Kate. But there was something else that happened on dynamite. We'll talk about and. You know, I don't remember where I saw it, if maybe it was uh, on Twitter, just a random person in my feed kind of saying maybe we could do something with this, with this whole Dark Order story was intriguing. So we'll get there. We're going to talk about it momentarily, but I will agree with you and say I thought this was a a pretty perfect heel turn in my book. You know, everything done the right way. You know, he turns on his team. He pretty much rips Uno's mask off his face. and then throws it down in front of Brody Jr. Just chef's kiss perfect. Like, just the right way to do it. Uh, The crowd definitely reacted with booze, you know, so it did the job. So kudos to them on a good good turn, and let's see where this story goes. But, Kate, we are going to go to a short break. You like that? I do. We're going to go to a short break. We're Segway Central tonight. We had toys earlier. Now we're going to a short break. Well, the nice thing is that uh, when you don't have somebody here trying to break everything up with singing every five seconds, you know, it's so tiring. It's exhausting. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to take a short break uh, and we're not going to kayfabe anything tonight. We're just going to say, why don't you listen to some of the words from the other programs that are part of the Shining Wizards Network? Kate is going to say she doesn't know anything about it, so she's going to sit here and learn about it. While we go to break, I'm also going to learn about it and clean up this whole pile of uh, toys that I'm never going to open underneath my feet. And then when we get back, we're going to talk dynamite and a couple minor news and notes. And uh, that's it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back on the Mark Order podcast. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. 
Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb. And every week we bring you a fistful of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Rea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnbuckleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Journey is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network, where three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode, we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd, unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? You know, Kane, I was just thinking about this <clears throat> when we were in the break because we always talk about um, how much fun we have off the camera because we can still see each other when we leave our cameras on, but the people can't see us. And we have uh, 
certain uh, commercials in the break that uh, we definitely uh, poke fun at. Um, but nobody tell the PC police. Um, yeah, no, please don't. Uh, and definitely don't tell cancel culture. Um, no, because we'll we'll gloat about it. We will have to. Um, but uh, I don't think anybody has to worry about Twitter, Elon, either. So, um, but remember, like when we started this thing and we were playing the commercials and we weren't really paying attention. And then one day it all hit us at the same time. We we're like, are you hearing some of the same stuff I am? And then we started making fun of it. And uh, like here now, like live again, it's just so much fun because uh, of how much we run this network uh, that we feel sure. the freedom to be able to just do that. Yeah, um, it's because we're in charge. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So it's the Mark Order podcast here on the Shining Wizards Network. This is the A team uh, and of the A show. So there you go. Uh, Aunt Money and Kate here for you. I'm just going to remind you, you can find us at Mark Order Pod on our social platforms, the Twitters, the Instagrams, the TikToks, the YouTubes, uh, you know, whatever. And you can find all those in the link trees. That's right. In the link trees, in the bios. So, uh, you know, if you're following us on Twitter, but maybe none of the others, just hit that link tree. Give us a follow if you can on the other platforms, even if you never use them. Just give us a follow. We'd love it. Um, But more importantly, if you'd like to support us in a no cost manner, go to that link tree and also hit that uh, button to request free stickers. And then if you give us your name, your full mailing address and also the country that you live in, uh, I will be sure to send you out some of these uh, brand new. Uh, or some of these stickers, brand new, these Mark Order podcast stickers, um, free of charge, no shipping, no handling, no sticker charge, no one-time fee, anything like that. Uh, we'll get them out to you ASAP. Uh, I do know, Kate, somebody did send in a request, and I, you know, that was part of my uh, Thanksgiving break, going to get shit done, and it didn't happen. So uh, whoever requested it, because I'm not looking at the list right now, uh, it's coming. Please, uh, it's coming. Uh, we did not forget about you. Uh, but uh, Kate, you remember we went, we sent some to Spain? Yes, I do remember. I hope it got there. We haven't seen it yet. So uh, if, if uh, you got those stickers in Spain, uh, let us know. And then uh, the doc requested some stickers, too. And uh ah. I think I I think I told the story when you were here, Kate, but those are going to be some expensive stickers for somebody else because my car got hit when I was parked at the post office. (laughs) No. Yeah. Our new car. uh, Somebody like took a turn too tight and uh, and uh, like clipped my car, which reminds me uh, that was something else I needed to do over the break was download the accident report and file the claim and all that stuff. It's not a big thing, but uh, it was just very funny. I was literally, Kate, grabbing the door to the post office. I needed to go in and get more stamps. And as I'm reaching, I hear clunk. And I was like, please tell me it wasn't just him hitting the curb. He was too far. It was my car. No. no. Uh, and Slonomite was asking to Ibiza. No, not Ibiza, <laughs> but in Spain where they eat paisasia. That's right. 
I watched that again the other night, Kate, by the way. So good. I did a lot of movie watching while I was sort of like down. Uh, like, uh, what else this will be the do? last thing. Then we're talking wrestling, I promise you. But we were talking about movies before. I watched Nope. Um, oh, how you know, was that? Hated it. I did not like it. Oh, but. Um, and I thought I was going to like it because I, and I'm not going to give anything away. I know the movie's been out, but I, I not want to do that. But, you know, the whole thing, though, all the trailers were like, it's aliens. And I was like, perfect. We know it's aliens. So there's no like way they can sort of fuck around and say it's not aliens abducting people. Well, they fucked around with it and it. And you found different. out. Yeah. I was and you like, didn't like it. This. Uh, so didn't love. Nope. I like the way it was shot, but I didn't like the movie. But you were um, like, nope. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was like, nah, nope, 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 nope. I also uh, watched uh, The Last Jurassic World, whatever it was, Dominion or whatever. That was fucking awful. Um, my favorite so part of- So this Lindsay Lohan movie is not going to be that bad, really. No, it won't. And I told you, I'll sit and watch anything. I'll see it through. Listen, I had to watch Jurassic Park. I saw the first one in a movie theater. So it's like, I've got to see the series through to the end. My favorite part of that, Kate, was that Chris Pratt made a promise to a velociraptor that I will bring your baby home. And he was serious. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing that we watched and uh, and actually me and Mrs. Money enjoyed it very much was Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's an A24 film. Uh, It starred. Oh, my God. I can't remember the woman's name. But uh, it starred uh, it starred somebody. And then uh, the the guy who played Data in the Goonies when he was a kid was in this movie, like a main character. It was an I thought it was an excellent movie. Fun. Um, it's hard to explain. So uh, if I don't know, it's on Showtime. Uh, Sloan am I asking you are on a Peacock binge. Uh, have you all watched Wednesday? Uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a peacock binge. And thank you, Slonomite. Yes, uh, everywhere, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once was Michelle Yeoh, and that was awesome. Thank you, Gordon Post. You also chimed in. Um, I did watch Wednesday as well. Um, yeah, it was all right. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. You were Just, like one for four. Yeah, I mean, Wednesday was a series, so I'm not gonna lump that in with the movies. Um, but it was okay. Listen, I figured Adam's family, Tim Burton is involved with it. Can't be terrible. Um, as much as I was like, it's hard when you sort of see the characters as other people because they were so iconic in those roles, like, you know, uh, Raul Julia in the movies, you know, Raul Julia and, uh, Christina Ricci and, of course, you yeah. Know, Angelica Houston, like it's going to be hard to see other people do it, but I actually liked the casting and it was really funny. You only saw Uncle Fester in one episode, but it was, um, man, I'm still in a fucking brain fog. Uh, somebody will say it in the chat, but I don't remember. But Uncle Fester, I thought was uh, very funny in the one episode he was in, and it when they announced the casting, um, I just was like, I don't know if that's going to work, but it worked. Uh, so it was Fred Armisen. Thank you. So oh, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, I was like, it could go either way. It could be really great or really terrible, but yeah, he was pretty, pretty fun. As... He's pretty specific. So I, I get what you were. <laughs> yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Gordon post also keeping us in check. Fred Armisen. 
So anyway, let's get back to it, Kate. Let's go back to wrestling because tonight's episode I thought was also a lot of fun. Last week's was a very fun episode post uh, pay-per-view. We're sort of trying to get to the end of the year and also like winter is coming and all this other shit. So, um, you know, this week could have fallen off a cliff. I thought this week was a fun episode Uh, and we have a lot of a lot to sink our teeth into. So let's get into it right off the top. We found out late in the day that we were going to hear from John Moxley uh, tonight, and he let off the show. Uh, he says he grew up like 90 miles from there, and he used to wrestle in Indianapolis all the time when he was getting started. <clears throat> it's been a crazy ride, and you never know uh, what's around the corner, but there are three certainties in the world, and it's death taxes and Moxley. And there is nobody that can outwork, out hustle, out wrestle, out fight, whatever him you know, today, and there's nothing, uh, that's been changed. He's still at the top of the food chain. He does and says what he wants and the ring belongs to him. And you bet your ass. There's not a man in the locker room or within a hundred miles that has the balls to come out, look him in the eyes and tell him anything different. Well, Kate, there was a man there and that man was hangman Adam page, which was so great surprise number one of the night. And I say number one because we got a few prize surprises in the show tonight. So surprise number one, I had no idea Hangman Adam Page was going to be there. Good to see he's sort of, I guess, well, he's cleared because he walked himself down to the ring. And then Mox said, uh, if he sh- Mox asked him, are you sure you want to do this after what happened last time? if he can remember what happened last time. And that's when Paige attacked him. They brawled around the ring. Security and referees do a pull apart. It continues sort of up the ramp. Unfortunately, Moxley takes a spill up the ramp, but they continue to fight on the ramp and eventually get him through the tunnels and things cool off at the moment. So, Kate, I thought this was awesome because I had no idea, you know, not that I forgot about Hangman Adam Page, but nothing's sort of been said about his status. So good to see. It seems like he's okay. You know, his concussion has been been cleared, and it looks like he can get back to business. Yeah, this was a great way to open the show. I honestly felt like it was a little bit of a surprise that uh, Mox was still here because right. I thought it was going on vacation. So that almost felt like surprise number one until they announced it. Uh, but love that Hangman's back. I think this is fun. If they want to turn Moxley heel, this is the perfect guy to, to do so against. Um, and they can kind of pick up where they left off. I do feel like Mox should, because he's been carrying the company for the past six months or so, like he probably should go on vacation, even just from a refresher point of like, let me miss him a little bit. Uh, but not a reflection on his talent at all. Just uh, he's been so focused on with good reason that like, a, I think a breather would be good, but maybe they wanted to break up the Blackpool combat club club and then he'll go away. Or maybe that's just like a post winter is coming thing. But it's also kind of funny because Renee just got there and they might not want to like have her on screen. And then like six weeks later, say goodbye to her. So I'm right. wondering if there's like, that's a part of it too. But as far as what we saw tonight, I thought it was great. Hangman looked really good. Loved um, something that was like a show of respect and a real life incident kind of turning into like a little bit of animosity. I thought was really, really fun. And 
more importantly, right, like just that hangman's okay. We know concussions aren't something to fuck around with. Look at yeah. what's happened to Adam Cole. So just overall, that's the biggest victory to me. But I can't wait. That match was going so well until that happened. I'm yeah. like very excited about the possibility of a rematch. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was also thinking I was thinking the same thing you did, and I actually think I said it to Mrs. Money on the couch. I think I was like is this guy ever going to go on vacation? Like I thought he wanted to go on vacation, but then I started thinking and I know he's been taking on more backstage, right? Like trying to work with some of the guys and have that leadership role backstage. So maybe he doesn't necessarily want to step away at the moment because they're sort of on a good role, right? Like they're finally sort of past or trying to get past all the CM Punk stuff that keeps coming up. But I think internally they're sort of, past it right and they're trying to continue this ride that they're on this this sort of good wave of episodes and stories so maybe he does doesn't want to step away maybe he won't be as active right like he's not wrestling weekly now on tv he's involved in a brawl here but i'm with you if this story picks back up between him and hangman i'm for it because that was a great match until he went down with that concussion it was unfortunate um So it looks like maybe they're going to pick it back up. The other thing, Kate, and this is why I wanted to bring it up here is this was definitely where I saw somebody just in a Twitter feed, not even somebody saying to me personally, but somebody said, what if now hangman, uh, you know, I know he's involved with Mox at the moment. We don't know where it's going, but what if hangman now sort of, uh, helps with this whole, uh, Los Ingernobles, right? Roosh, 10, Butcher and the Blade. Now it's Uno, uh, the Beaver Boys, and um, Adam Page, sort of four on four, you know, another sort of faction war. But now it's because, you know, hey, 10 turned his back on us. So we need a little redemption. That could be something cool, too, seeing Hangman sort of go back with the Dark Order to try to help them out. Yeah, I think that could be cool. It does feel like there's, I don't want to say unfinished business with Kenny, but like there was a story there. The Elite Mm -hmm. being wrapped up in this best of seven, the timing kind of lines up for that. Like you could do uh, this Los Ingobernables and this Dark Order plus Hangman thing to kind of fill in that gap. And then if you did want to go back to it, that could be fun. But it is kind of like, what is the relationship with Hangman and the Dark Order? Right. This could be a fun layer in that, but it is like, okay, is he helped them with the trios? They helped it. Like, what does that look like? And are the Dark Order trios? Are they a multi-man group? Like, just some clarity around that unfolding would be really, really nice. But that could be a whole bunch of fun. It's very cool that he came back. I was completely blindsided by it, similarly. And no, yeah. Both of the, the major returns that we got today were very surprising. Yeah, and and I totally forgot about the you know the trios with the elite Kate that was Hangman was involved. So there there are actually a ton of stories that Hangman can just sort of get back involved with. Um, so it's great that he's back, and it's a good time for him to come back right into the year end push. Winter is coming into the new year now, trying to get to uh, the first pay per view uh, of the year in March. So um, so there's a lot for him to be involved with. And uh, it's a nice wrinkle to everything that's going on. So uh, just more stories to sort of keep an eye on. But then, Kate, we get to our first match of the night. 
and we get uh, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson versus Dax Harwood. Dax challenged uh, Hangman on Friday Night Rampage. He said it is something he just needed to do. And uh, they went and did it. And man, oh man, did it deliver. I mean, listen, anytime they sort of say Dax is going to be in one-on-one, you know, action, I'm like, sign me up. Like, it could be against anybody. It's going to be a great match. And this didn't disappoint. Uh, One of the best singles wrestlers in the world versus one of the best tag team wrestlers in the world who can also go uh, singles. Uh, Great match. Cutting to the end here. Danielson is able to win by pinfall with submission uh, using the label lock. And then post-match, Danielson applauds Harwood. He offers a handshake. Dax actually walks past him and then turns around. Ah, just kidding. And they, uh, they go in for the hug, which Kate at that moment, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I really thought like, oh my God, is Dax heel turning here? And maybe we're going to have an FTR problem. Like, but thank it was it was just a, a fake out. Um, but man, what a match, Kate. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Just two of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, going at it. I loved, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes here. I love, love, loved the finish. Love, love, loved the finish. I thought it was such a good job by Excalibur on commentary, too, to say that like the reason Dex was maybe flailing for the ropes was that Daniel said having that hold locked in, his eyes were probably obstructed. That was just a really nice piece of commentary. But God, this was just two of the best wrestlers in the world. I I don't know if there's someone more suitable for a wrestler of the year than Dax Harwood right now. Like between yeah. the singles matches, the trios matches, and the tag matches. I mean, my God, Briscoe's Aussie Open, all of it. The the, the Young Bucks, like um, he has just showed up beautifully and these are two guys kind of from the same world i love a good like young bucks match but something about like just the pure storytelling logical wrestling is really really fun and these two beat the ever-living shit at each other too like they both were were going pretty hard they're gonna feel that one tomorrow but uh fantastic this was just like this was a good example of something that didn't need any real story around it, except like a couple of all-stars colliding and it, it just delivered. It was so good and a really fun first match to have on the show too. I thought that was just like a fun spot for it to be in. For sure. And one of my favorite, um, I had, I had two moments I specifically want to call out. One was one of my favorites was when they were doing, what was it like the small package pin, right? And they were sort of, rolled up and it would, they were just, they kept rolling for two counts. And I was just like, that's gotta be exhausting. Like the consistent rolling over and twisting for the two count. I, I, that stuff always sort of pops me. I'm just like, I don't know how you hold that together. The other thing sort of annoyed me, but it didn't pull me out of the match. It was just, man, whatever was happening with the camera on that final submission hold just annoyed me. Cause I, I even said, to Mrs. Money on the couch before he tapped, they weren't really facing that hard cam, but they were, they had the hard cam on him and the hard cam kept pulling back. Like somebody yeah, was something coming was in up. and then they switched to that sort of overhead camera and then they switched somewhere else, but they really couldn't get the angle they needed to of Dax's face 
to see or how close he was to the ropes. That was the only problem I had with the match was really that piece of production was at the end. You couldn't see how close he was. I was glad at the very least they were able to see his hand tapping. Yes. But yeah, that that was key then for Excalibur to say, you know, his hands, you know, must have been over his eyes because he couldn't tell how far he was from the rope and he had to tap. That was that was perfect because he even said, I couldn't see from the angle that we have here, you know, because nobody could fucking see Excalibur. They fucked the production. up. Yeah, but, I think um, I don't know if they like called it an audible or something, because usually they've done it before when Danielson like uses the triangle choke or whatever to do that overhead shot. Uh, but I that seems like a very specific finish because it's such a fun way to protect someone in a loss. Like I'm so used to seeing people fall asleep or interference or whatever, but just like the idea that he had it locked in over your eyes and you couldn't see, but you were still doing the smart thing to reach for the ropes is like, God, if that's not like a textbook, Dax Harwood, Brian Danielson move to finish a match, like certainly feels like it. I also, the, the whole sharpshooter reversal sequence was really cool too. And this, this was just like, just just a fantastic wrestling match. Yeah, and I know that at one point, um at one point too, uh they were talking about Dax, and I think Taz specifically said, you know, this is tough for a tag team specialist coming into a singles match with a guy like Danielson. So I feel like even on commentary, it protected Dax a, a little bit in the loss, right? Like he took the loss, but he's really a tag specialist. He's not a singles you know, wrestler. So that sort of helped a little bit too. Asian Joe was saying, you know, I know uh, Dax loses the match as the tag specialist, not the singles guy, but would have loved to see him pull off the upset win. Yeah. It would have been cool to see Dax win, but honestly, this match could have gone the distance with no, no definitive winner and it would have fucking ruled. So um, I couldn't be mad at either guy winning to be honest. It's to me, this isn't telling a story between these two, singles guys right this is just a one-off match just good wrestling to put on tv to start the night yeah i think it's hard pressed to find me a situation where i'd be like dex shouldn't have won just because i love what he's doing right now but i also actually kind of feel like danielson needed the win i was getting a little frustrated with the jericho stuff because i felt like for a while there it's just felt like brian danielson's just been a regular guy and he's the best wrestler in the world arguably so I'm glad he got the win here, but, but I'm, yeah, if Dax won, I wouldn't have been like, that was wrong. I would have been like, oh, that's odd, but awesome. Cause Dax right. is great, but this was a whole bunch of fun, whole bunch of fun. So Kate, they did also announce that there's going to be a dynamite, uh, diamond ring ladder match, uh, coming up. And um, they went uh, backstage to absolute Ricky Starks and he entered himself into the battle Royal next week. And made a judgment call and said he's going to win because he's coming for everything MJF has. That means his title, his ring, his spot, everything he's got. Starks is owed and he's going to prove it. So, man, love seeing Ricky Starks getting more involved. And Ricky Starks already has a title shot at Winter is Coming. So, uh, And he's got a match later tonight. Uh, so uh, more Ricky Starks, more good for me, Kate. Uh, I don't have anything I necessarily want to dig into here. Just love seeing Ricky Starks. Just, I'll just say that it was like an incredibly effective use of like 90 seconds. So quick and to the point, I'm coming for everything you've got. And that includes the weapon you've been using to cheat this whole time. Perfect. No more, no less. For Excellent. Sure. Excellent for stuff. Sure. 
I think Wardlow should win it, though. I'll say that. Oh, I would. Wardlow hate that. with the diamond ring looming over him. We saw him give it to CM Punk. Like that. That's where I feel like that should go. But and let's not forget too. They did put it up in a graphic later in the night, but MJF won that dynamite diamond ring three years in a row. So MJF is the only person who's ever held this dynamite diamond ring. Is he I don't in think, it? Well, I think what it is, Kate, is that they did it last year, right? Where they had the ladder match. And then if you win the match, you get to fight MJF, who's the holder of the ring. That's right. For the next ring right because i don't think they're trading rings i think it's like it's just you get the next ring or something like that um it's hard to think of a face having it but like wardlow's history with him would make that really fun to me oh i don't disagree but wouldn't it be fucking amazing if mjf for the fourth year in a row wins that diamond ring oh my god and he's got the title oh we're gonna talk about mjf here coming up so um So, Kate, when they come back from commercial, Adam Page is being escorted from the arena. But then they run into John Moxley and the brawl resumes. Hangman throws Mox into the garage door. There's a pull apart. And now, you know, we're still brawling. Eventually, they do tell us that they have both been escorted out of the arena. So they are no longer there for the night. But, Kate, these guys still have a problem. They hate each other. It wasn't just in the ring. So... I think this story is going to continue. This backstage brawl was so violent, you would have thought there was a press conference beforehand, huh? Oh, boy. I will say this. I didn't know so many security guys in the Midwest had uh, bleach blonde hair. Yeah, they looked, it was suspicious almost. Like they might have been in another more appearance-based line of work. I don't know. They just, it's just, I found it odd. So many bleach blonde guys work in security. It's true. They then went back, uh, went to an interview segment with Renee Paquette, uh, and um, it wasn't uh, live. It was a you know earlier in the day uh, segment. Uh, although I said to Mrs. Money, wouldn't it have been fun if they went to Renee and she was just like, "Oh, Johnny." Uh, <laughs> but Renee sitting down with the Blackpool Combat Club, which is just uh, Claudio and uh, Wheeler Yuta, and the Jericho Appreciation Society, which is uh, 2.0, Jake Hager and Daniel uh, Garcia. And Menard is taunting uh, Claudio Castagnoli, saying he can uh, be anything he wants when he's forced to join the JAS. He can even start yodeling. Claudio says that winning the title back means a lot. And he gets distracted by Jake Hager, who pulls a matching purple bucket hat out of his fanny pack and throws it at him, offering him a chance to uh, tag team together. And Claudio's had enough of talking and he storms off while Wheeler Yuta bickers uh, with the JAS crew. And Dale Garcia pitches a tag match, him and Hager against Yuta and Claudio. And Wheeler accepts as long as Garcia puts that pure title on the line that final battle and Garcia accepts. So we'll get to see a rematch for that title at the ring of honors pay-per-view. We get a tag match next week. And um, Kate, I can't be mad about Jake Hager being involved in a tag match because this whole purple hat gimmick has been pretty incredible while he's had it. I don't know if you've seen his Instagram within the last week, but all of his photos are just every day for those who haven't seen it. The photos are him in everyday life situations, you know, filling his car with gas, waiting for his bags at the airport, 
shirtless wearing the purple bucket hat. It's just been fantastic. Um, I have no interest in Jake Hager in the ring. I feel like he should be tagging with his hat, though. Like, if it was him and his hat, that, that would be a good way to go. A couple things I really liked about this segment that I'll highlight. Renee is just fantastic, man. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. she is just assimilated perfectly when she was like shut up i was just cracking up she's so damn good loved wheeler yuda in this i feel like they've kind of found where his promo style might fit in nicely he did some good work i thought some people didn't like this promo but i kind of did when he called out mjf on his shit because nobody else uh really does that with mjf today he was calling out matt menard for being like you wear suspenders and belt that's weird and just kind of mowing down everybody. It felt very Michael Scott boom roasted to me. And I, right. I liked that from Wheeler. He felt like comfortable. It felt organic. It felt like a human being pace of speaking. Like it was it was really uh, well done to have him cap off the uh, segment that way. So I, I really liked that. I was really, really sick of seeing these guys fight. Like there's so many great wrestlers tied up in both these factions that yep. – uh, I'm, I'm ready for them to go do great work with other people. Well, we might be seeing the Blackpool Combat Club break up, so we'll see uh, more on that later. Uh, but, uh, Kate, we get into our TNT Championship Open uh, Challenge, and it's Samoa Joe versus the newly signed, newly graphicked AR Fox. And Kate, I'll say this. I was vaguely familiar with AR Fox. Um, uh, and then when we went to Connecticut for Rampage, we saw AR Fox in Connecticut. We saw AR Fox in um, in Atlantic City, I believe, if my memory serves me correct. And then we saw him again when we went to Bridgeport for the, uh, for the guestless treatment dynamite. We saw him there that night and he has just looked great every time they've put him in a spot in AEW. So I'm very glad that they signed him proper to AEW, locked him in because I think he's got a ton of upside when they can get him involved in some stories, maybe even put him in some one-off tag matches with people like they did with uh, top flight and the trios match. Like he was incredible in that match. So I was very happy to see that for AR Fox. Now, unfortunately, his first challenge being Samoa Joe. I had a feeling it wasn't going to go his way tonight, and it didn't. Samoa Joe did win by pinfall with the muscle buster, retaining the championship, although AR Fox did get in some good offense, uh, some cool-looking stuff. But post-match, Joe gets on the mic. He says, uh, or he welcomes us to a new glorious era, and he's the one true king of television. And then I was like, he's right. He's got a TNT and a television title. And that's when Wardlow appeared on the uh, big screen and says uh, he hopes he's enjoying playing the role because he's coming for what's his and it's Wardlow's world. And, uh, you know, basically this isn't done between Joe and Wardlow. Uh, so, Kate, anything you'd like to comment on here and the match itself, AR Fox getting signed, uh, the post match. I thought this was all perfectly fine for TV and a great first showing for uh, for AR being newly signed in his singles match. Loved it pretty much through and through. Um, AR Fox is great, well-deserving of this. And 
I don't at all feel like it's my place as a white woman to talk about this, but it does feel like they recognize that they had a representation problem about this time last year and that they've really made an effort to turn it around with a lot of really great black wrestlers. Like it, it feels like they're spotlighting the, the right people with who they've signed. And it's a really nice mix now. Like there were multiple pay-per-views where there were just no black wrestlers at all. And now it's, um, it doesn't feel forced when there are, right. We just have had tag champs and like, it, it's just a really healthy situation. It seems like so good on them. It's not my place to say if they're doing a good job, but from my perspective, it seems like they've made an effort. So I really, really like that. For Other sure. than uh, Samoa Joe is just so fucking great. And he knows how to work with guys with AR Fox's style extremely well. Yeah. I'm a mark for the walkaway spot. It's my favorite spot in wrestling. We got to see that tonight. And we kind of saw it backfire, which was fun. Wardlow's promo was great. I think there's a nice both belts on the line thing you could do if you wanted to shovel them back to Wardlow. Or if you want to keep him on Joe, I I don't really have a problem with it. The only thing I didn't like was he kind of like picked on Samoa Joe for the name War Joe. And I think Wardlow's world is cornier than War Joe. But that's just my personal <laughs> thing. It reminds Bobby's, me of... What about Bobby's world? That's why. All I can think about is like his pipsqueak voice whenever he says Wardlow's world. So, so fun. He looked great, though. Loved GQ he Wardlow. Did. Yeah, uh, I don't like, though, that he's infringing on uh, Zaddy Cage's turtleneck, but, you know, I what guess it's for the baby face, too. What if there's vignettes of them shopping together? That could be interesting. That could be really fun. That could be interesting. Yep. Fashion tips by... Now, oh, Kate, what if they did a whole thing like, you know how uh, Taz, he did it tonight, I don't it's coming up here actually, but uh, Taz did a breakdown of Hook. You know how Taz would do his breakdowns. Could you imagine if they did a Christian segment where he breaks down wrestler fashion? Honestly, that feels like it should go to the Young Bucks, but uh, if, I, would, I mean, I would not be mad. I would not that be would mad be a if lot Christian of fun. did it. I love the Taz move breakdowns. I missed them so much. I was so excited to see Hook get one tonight. Yeah, so right after this, they did show a Powerhouse Hobbs uh, video package uh, that I think was going around on social this week. Uh, just kind of seeing what's next in the next chapter of uh, Hobbs. I hope they continue to sort of push him. Uh, you know, I don't know what's going on with this whole Wardlow Samojo and Powerhouse Hobbs was involved too. So maybe they're just trying to get to the next step and then Powerhouse will come back. But I do want to continue to see Powerhouse Hobbs. I think he's got a lot of upside and and you know, a, a bright future as a monster. So um, let's continue to see him. And then they did the Taz breakdown hooks use of the uh, red rum uh, to defend his championship against Lee Moriarty, uh, which is just fantastic. I loved uh, Kate. Uh, something that came up on our, on our couch in discussion here watching the show was I said to Mrs. Money, you see that it's all about the risk control. To which she said, I much prefer ring awareness. And my question came up, but can you have ring, uh, can you have wrist control if you don't have ring awareness? Right? It's a chicken or the egg situation. I think you probably could, but it would be like almost accidental. You know what I right. mean? Like you accidentally stumbled your way into a situation where you had 
had risk control. So either way, love seeing the breakdown segments so by uh, by Taz. Uh, I I wish they do it more uh, down in the future. Um, but Kate, this is uh, where we get to some meat and potatoes in the night. Our big segment here, we Ooh. finally get to hear from MJF. Now, we're going to stop at certain points of this, Kate, to break it down because this is awful long for me to sort of go through everything and then go back. So let's take this sort of piece by piece. First thing that happens, William Regal makes his way to the ring. So he comes down the ramp to which I see for the first time that Burberry carpet, which is just a great touch. Excuse me. Also fantastic that um, as he introduces MJF and MJF makes his way down to the ring. I love the fact that commentary is calling out. You see, they both feel so comfortable now that Moxley's not here. They know he's not in the arena, so they can come down to the ring. Just a fantastic way for them to tie this all together. I thought that was great from commentary to call that out. I have to just stop right there, right off the bat. 100% with you on both of those. Commentary was great tonight, and I feel so cringy every time I say this because he's a legend, but I, I don't miss JR. No, I'm with you. And when they do bring JR out for big matches, I do like that because it gives you a big match feel. 100%. Um, You know, JR's got so many other things going around. He's not a spring chicken either. Um, So, you know, I don't know if it was because of his performance there, you know, behind the mic. I know at one point uh, TK was saying, we're just trying different stuff. Yeah. You know, but but who knows? So I like the three-man booth they have right now, to be honest. So. Tonight was, and they were really strong at multiple points tonight. I just felt like they added a ton of value at, at certain things. So this was one of them. This was a great example of that. For sure. And actually, when they add a fourth one on, like uh, Caprice or Riccoboni for the Ring of Honor matches, it's still seamless. It's flawless. It's because Ian's the best in the world. <laughs> you are true. <laughs> so uh, MJF gets in the ring and they embrace. Um, and MJF grabs, gets a mic. Uh, he tells the crowd to please keep your hillbilly mouth shut because he'd like to explain how this unholy union came to be. And he said, not too long ago, Mr. Regal sent him an email right after the firm attacked and he read it. Uh, Regal says he watched on uh, as the firm attacked uh, MJF and it's become very clear he's grown weak. And he sees all the potential in him to become the greatest villain villain of our time. And he's happy to help him reach his true potential. But instead of the dynamite ring, Max needs to grab the brass one. Regal didn't just want him to beat Moxley, but leave him with an emotional scar so he'll never forget the day he was outsmarted by MJF. As far as the firm goes, he kind of respects them. They saw weakness and attacked like sharks. And he'd have done the same thing. And even if he did harbor some resentment, does he seem like the type to chase anyone down? That takes effort and effort is for pores. And he's above that. And he said, speaking of uh, things he's above, he wants to talk about the belt. And when he became the champion, he promised himself that he'd change some of the the things uh, in AEW out with the old in with the new. Um. The belt, he said, is tacky. It lacks class. And worse, it reminds him of all the men who held it previously. Sure, they were all talented in their own rights, but everyone can agree none of them are on MJF's level. 
And that's specifically why this version of the title is the same as I, I think he said something like it's the same as the people in Indiana, Indiana garbage, um, which I thought was beautiful heel work. Um, so he throws the belt out of the ring. He asks Regal to unveil what is in the ring under the blanket or the, the whatever. And, uh, it is the same belt design, but the leather is printed with Burberry plaid. And he announced it as the triple B Kate, the big Burberry belt and calls it the most important world title in the sport because he's the man holding it. And I want to pause there, Kate, because there's a few things we can touch on right here. Um, he talks about why uh, Regal wanted to turn on Mox, you know, uh, and and sort of said that um, he wanted to scar him so he'll never forget the day he was outsmarted by MJF. My My first point there is, Kate, is I still don't really see a whole lot of reasoning there. Like, I know what they're trying to do. I just don't see a whole lot of reasoning. Like, but why? Like, what did Mox do to Regal that he needs to scar him? I just still don't see the dots connecting, and maybe we'll find out. You know, we're still getting to some stuff, but I just didn't see it. I didn't really understand that explanation. There were... Overall, I thought the segment was great, but there were a couple things that I didn't love. That was one of them. I feel like it would have been a way better move to have said if my guys, who the whole thing is, they're the best of the best, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if John Moxley, I thought they were going to go the direction of if John Moxley is truly the best wrestler in the world, it doesn't matter if you use your diamond ring, brass knucks, whatever, he should still be able to beat you. And then... um like regal assisting him could have been like i was trying to test my guy and he failed and so fuck that i'm out i think could have been a a more logical trajectory again we don't fully know i also think this segment felt kind of long and i feel like you could have kept it the same length but if you had regal just there it's a double-edged sword regal not saying anything made this kind of special but if you just had regal say like three sentences to either clarify that or just make you buy in a little bit more, I think what came after would have ripped your heart out a little bit heavier. But I'm with you in that that didn't feel like enough of a justification for Regal to turn his back on, on Mox. I also, I was okay with the stuff about the firm uh, because we're sort of pushing past that at the moment. And we have something in the news and notes that we'll talk about uh, regarding the firm and their storyline. So we'll get to the firm a little bit later. Um, I'll actually just say that I love that because I think there might be a way for them to realign if we yep. get Stokely Hathaway and Regal on the mic. So I, I hope it goes that way. Yeah. I mean, um, I didn't mind the fact that he sort of went past it and didn't really go, go too deep on it. Um, but I didn't like, I didn't hate the fact that he did that. No, it, him, it him and Ethan Page not liking each other but respecting each other could get real fucking fun. Yes, real it can. fun. <laughs> and I, I do think at some point we are going to get MJF and Ethan Page. 100%. It's just really meant to be. Uh, there's a lot of I think you know value in that. Um, and before we move on to the next stuff, uh, to close loop on the belt, 
obviously Kate, as he was getting into the ring and, you know, Regal got into the ring and you saw that podium, I was like, it's a new belt. Yes. Um, to which I said to Mrs. Money, bold move. Cause they're selling these replicas <laughs> for like 600 <laughs> pop. What could they be doing here? Like I thought it was going to be a full brand new redesign. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't. Cause I do like the way their belt looks. I like the shape and I like the plating. I like all of that. I just love the touch of the Burberry because it ties it to MJF. And, um, you know, what's more classy in MJF's world than Burberry? It's just, it was perfect for me. And like the ridiculous overture about how it reminds him of people before. And the only thing that he really changes is the strap. Also, I just love Right. Right. It's just, <laughs> That's just a funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> So moving on now, he says no one deserves to be recognized as a world champ except him, not fake tough guys like Eddie Kingston. Kate, that had to dig a little bit. It hurt my heart. Or Ricky Starks. And speaking of fake, the worst of the worst, the middest of the mid fake wrestlers like Brian Danielson. No offense, but compared to Friedman, Danielson can't wrestle his way out of a paper bag. And MJF makes nice to Mr. Regal about how hard he tried to train American Dragon, but William is still stone-faced. And Max says as long as he's in the company, nobody else will know what it feels like to be on top because he's going to be the world champion for a very long time, all the way to the bidding war of 2024. And he'll make more in one day than anyone in the crowd will make in their entire life. He just hopes that the right con foots the bill. And he ain't talking about Tony. He's talking about his boy, jolly old St. Nick and his other boy, the game trips. And if he's being completely transparent now, Kate, because he wasn't being transparent, apparently. Right. Yeah. Very. Uh, he doesn't even know a wrestling company wins that bidding war. He's sick and tired of looking at the grotesque professional wrestling fans faces on a weekly basis. So maybe Hollywood's going to win, but he's not deaf. And he knows there's an interesting amount of us who were happy for him to win the title. And uh, okay, sure. But he's sure that that excitement will turn to resentment because fans are fickle and soon we'll be complaining about him never wrestling and being a coward. And he says, great, because he knows we'll keep turning in every single week. And he says that he will defend that title rarely and wrestle rare, uh, wrestle rarely because he's a special attraction in order for, uh, to see him defend that title nine times out of 10, we're going to need to reach our grubby little hands into our pockets and buy a pay-per-view. He's going to have a world title reign that makes Hogan's look short and sweet. JBL's look short and sweet and make Bruno San Martino roll in his shitty little grave. We're going to pause there, Kate, because there's a lot to chew on there as well. I enjoyed this whole segment very much of this uh, promo, specifically going after Danielson, because Danielson is maybe the best pro wrestler on the planet. I mean, you could make arguments for Ospreys and Omegas, but Danielson for sure uh, can't wrestle his way out of a paper bag. Uh, just... Just all great stuff right there. Um, and then talking to Regal, knowing about that tie to Danielson, like, you know, no offense, but, you know, you you did all you could. Like, I thought that was fantastic. 
the like the Simpsons at least you tried cake. Yes. Thing. Yes. This is what uh kind of came to mind. So much, so much to do with this segment and um the architecture of it, him calling the fans fickle, him unveiling a new belt, him eventually hitting uh William Regal all very much in the vein of the planet's champion heel turn that we got out of Brian Danielson, who kicked AJ Styles, arguably the best wrestler in the world in the balls, uh, unveiled the new belt and called the crowd fickle all in the same segment. This feels very mm -hmm. much like we'll probably get past Ricky Starks and then start a program with Brian Danielson because San Francisco is not that far from Seattle. And I think Danielson will be over like Rover when they go out to San Fran mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for the next pay-per-view. So I think that will just be an unbelievable program. Loved a lot of the segment. Did feel a little long. Did feel a little bit long. But then as soon as I was thinking that he mentioned it, also the part about him saying he's not going to defend it that often is something that I feel like is very true. And I think that is where the firm will come back. I think you're going to see him mm -hmm. uh, a lot of obstacles for why he can't wrestle. But if he wrestles too often, he's in danger of getting over on the face side. It's just kind of inevitable. But really, really liked a lot of what got laid out in the segment and really feel like this is a, a bit of a nod to the, the Planet's Champion turn. I think, I think that's very fun. I also, uh, I enjoyed... Um... I enjoyed. I always enjoy his uh, his shout outs to Jolly Old Saint Nick and Trips. Um, just a lot of fun for them. You know, when you look at the other side, they never mention anybody else, right? Uh, they pretend nobody else exists, and here they don't give a fuck. They're like, talk about anybody in professional wrestling, like. So that's changed under Triple H, which is interesting. Like, mm -hmm. there's been they talked about the Bullet Club at length on. Uh, right. I, TV, but I do know that, but historically, yeah. you know, yeah, they've never done that. That's where the whole universe thing came from, right? So, right. love that. And then what was funny was because he was making all these little CM Punk references, and then the six man last week, I wasn't here to talk about it, but the references were so heavy handed that I think oh, a yeah. lot of people were like, is he not gone? Like, is he not coming oh, back yeah. that night? But like, did, maybe did they work something out? Because they were also selling Elite Chicago merch. Now, I don't care either way. I thought it was fucking hilarious regardless. And the Young Bucks entire character has been taking real life stuff and turning it up to a million, right? They do that with everybody. Yep. So I didn't have a problem with this. Um, but MJF doing so much CM Punk stuff. When he started talking about his reign of terror has just begun, uh, I immediately remembered CM Punk with my reign of terror has just begun on the cover of a WWE magazine. I did not even know that was a Triple H era. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that because I like didn't watch it real time. Um, but knowing what the Triple H reign of terror was of him having the belt for a really long time. And even when he didn't was still kind of always getting it back or whatever, like we could see that out of MJF until 2024. Like that seems like a very plausible thing. Right. And, um, just to your point too, about the defending it, you know, less and seeing him less on TV. I also think that that's him, uh, obviously being very in tune to what's going on in professional wrestling and seeing a lot of the chatter that had gone on about the E at times when guys like Brock held the title, a part-timer, 
you know, holding the title, never being on TV and the complaints that people had, it's your championship. It needs to be seen on TV or even like, you know, uh, other guys who've held the title who maybe weren't part-timers, just never defending it, never wrestling. Um, and people sort of airing out their frustration online and in chats or, or on Twitter and in, on boards and whatnot. So I think it was just perfect. Like taking all of that, obviously, real sort of wrestling world stuff and just working it in here and making it super heel for him is just perfect. Very fun. Very, very fun. So into this last home stretch, uh, Kate, um, MJF says he almost forgot. He wanted to say without the brass knuckles and without William Regal, none of this was possible and they may not like it, but everybody in and around the business respects him. William Regal, that is. And he wanted to say from the bottom of MJF's heart, as he walks behind Regal, MJF blindsides Regal with brass knuckle with a brass knuckle punch to the back of the head. And Regal goes down in a heap, uh, doesn't move on the mat at all. And Max crouches down and paraphrases his email from years ago and says he only hires top tier talents before leaving. And that's when the ringside doctor checks in on Regal as MJF makes his way actually through the crowd. I think a nice little dig at uh, Moxley there, right? And uh, Danielson runs down uh, the ramp to check on his mentor as he stretchered out. They put him on a board and stretch him out and they go to break. Um, And what was a nice touch too is Danielson is like in one shoe because he was getting, you know, uh, out of his gear from being back in the trainer's room after his match. Um, just a, a, some nice fine touches there. Now they come back from commercial and they do show a recap of what happened, but they also show a live shot of Regal being loaded into the ambulance uh, with Danielson looking very worried and getting into the back of the ambulance with him. Kate, I will say this. I did see a lot of people saying this was too long or it felt very long winded. I didn't have a fucking problem with any of this. I think MJF is the best person at what they do with their gimmick 24 hours a day in every medium that he gets free fucking reign from me. I mean, this is the guy who at the press conference comes in, doesn't sit at a mic, tells all the reporters, you guys are fucking idiots. And I don't care about all the marks jerking off in their grandmother's basement. You're going to have to watch me on TV every Wednesday to hear what I'm going to have to say. And uh, if you've got any questions too fucking bad, I'm out. I'm going to Hollywood. Like, this is the guy for me. I I don't. He could say what he wants. He could do what he wants. This, because it's all tying everything together and sort of closing this, you know, sort of loop right now on the Regal thing. Um, is fine for me. I get what people are saying. It, it seemed long and it was long. You know, when you look at when this started, it was like nine o'clock. It went to like 20 after, but to me, because it all made sense, it wasn't just like, you know, the, uh, the steak dinner, fucking Jericho, you know, whatever thing they did. Um, dinner debonair. that's it. Sorry. Um, like this made sense to me. So I didn't mind that it went long and I liked the progression of this whole thing. I really did. I don't have a problem with it. I understand the criticism for sure. But to me, MJF is the money, man. 
you let him do what he wants. He hasn't steered you wrong yet. Yeah, it did feel long to me. It's not even that it felt long, because I think 75% of it was probably great. It felt like with the other 25%, if they'd used it better, it could have been a, a somewhat perfect segment. Um, I had more of a problem with it before he knocked out Regal, which was a lot of what I saw online was just like, oh, this is kind of taking forever, not knowing what was coming, right? Like that just feels like a way longer segment if it's not punctuated with that. Um, and lulling you down a little bit to then deliver that is fantastic wrestling because it caught me so off guard. And I, I, I thought that part was really well done. Again, props to commentary for making that feel real. Props to William Regal who could still sell <laughs> this, yeah. this whole thing. The ending of it was was just perfect. And I feel like it being long almost worked to the advantage of that moment just really knocked you out when it happened because you were kind of operating on one level for a little bit. So most mostly great. Um, it, it did feel a little long, but I, if that's what I'm talking about, about that's that's fine like i'm very excited and i'm also excited for the seeds they planted between starks this danielson stuff like the nods it seems like we're going toward wardlow as a very logical opponent somewhere on here like um those are just good feuds to have on on the docket so i'm i'm excited for the mjf title ring whatever it may bring his reign of terror is just beginning so strap in it's a long time to 2024 but it's going to be, I think, a lot of fun. I, I I had no problem with him winning the title. And so far, I haven't had a problem not seeing it on TV until tonight. And I think it's it's his great sort of first time being back on TV in an extended period, laying all this stuff out. I Nothing but props for me. And honestly, Kate, I don't know if, how many people saw this coming. I no idea that he was turning on Regal. I thought we were figuring out a way that Regal was going to be with him for a long term. And that is definitely not happening. Me too. Me too. So, um, we get, uh, we get the, uh, next match coming up is Davari versus absolute Ricky Starks. Um, so, um, as they enter, uh, uh, as, a Ricky Starks is entering. The firm comes down uh, before the match can begin. Stoke comes out uh, and uh, Matt Hardy comes in front of him and Ethan Page and sort of does his whole thing. And then they send him back to the back. He reminds Matt Hardy that they own his ass and he's going to help him win the Battle Royal next week. So we know Ethan Page is in the Battle Royal. It seems like Matt Hardy's going to be in that Battle Royal. And we know Ricky Starks is going to be in that battle. Um. And he said, uh, Ethan Page uh, says uh, he's calling his shot now after MJF whips Stark's ass and defends his title successfully. He's going to whip Max's ass and win the ring. Uh, so, again, just sort of lining this up. And then he says, uh, and if that's if he makes it uh, past Davari and Davari blindsides Ricky Starks. But Ricky's able to blast Davari uh, right out of the gates, hooks him, pinfall with the Rochambeau. And that is that. Honestly, Kate, no problem with this for me. Ricky Starks looking strong, getting to, you know, uh, winter is coming in a, in a couple weeks. So I have no problem with this. Let's just keep Ricky looking good. Let's keep him on TV. Let's get him to max. That should be a fun match. 
Yeah, and let's have him and Ethan Page continue to hate each other for fun. That's just fun. Absolutely. I want those matches to come back. Love the Rochambeau finisher, too. It's just a fun one. Absolutely. Uh, Shivani interviews Team DMD backstage, and Britt Baker brings up the sit-down interview with Soraya, and Jamie Hayter demands a sit-down of her own with Shivani next week, so we get that. But, Kate, the, the, the thing that I want to call out here is again we see Britt Baker sort of taking the lead over the champion now I didn't notice any sort of like sour looks from Hater, but again Britt sort of ends this with the DMD Hater does Hater hasn't been doing that for a while so I don't read into that much anymore but I sort of wish that Hater would give us some sort of tell like this is sort of bothering me like you know this is my fucking time and, you know, you should sort of step back. I'm the champ. I think we're getting there. I think it's slow burning. But um, it is interesting to watch this sort of dynamic play out. Yeah, I think you might see another layer of that in the sit down interview. Like maybe Brett shows up for no reason. You probably have to slow burn it because I'm guessing you're leading to hate or Brit for a revolution. So you're you're probably right. going to want to take your time to to get there. But love it. Also love her talk about how uh, Kenny Pickett gave the Indianapolis Colts the business because I'm a Steelers fan too. So. Yep. Good stuff, but, but love this. A good use of Brit too. This is good. Yep. So our next match, Kate, is uh, Anna Jay versus Willow Nightingale. I was very happy because my uh, Mrs. Money says my future uh, – Baby uh, A's future stepmom, Willow Nightingale, was on TV. Um, and um, this is Willow's, I think this is Willow's first singles match since uh, since signing officially on Dynamite. Or if it's not, it's one of the first. Um, and honestly, um, I thought that this was going to go to Anna Jay, but Willow is able to um, fight through some distractions by Tay, who is ringside with Anna Jay. And Willow gets the win by pinfall with the Dr. Bomb. Very happy to see that. The big moment, though, comes post-match. I mean, the crowd popped for Willow, so that was great. But post-match is really when the big news comes. Because as Tay Mello is helping uh, Anna Jay out of the ring... Ruby Soho's music hits and Tay sort of backs up and that's when they show the ring and Ruby is in the ring. Uh, Ruby's able to hammer down with punches on Tay. She fends off Anna Jay, um, shrugs off Tay, uh, and then they get onto the ramp and hits a headbutt and then a huge destination unknown on the ramp. And clearly this, uh, this, hatred between ruby and tay is not over of course for those who who uh, might not know tay broke ruby's nose which put her out of commission for a while and uh they did make mention that she needed reconstructive surgery on her nose uh which is also um sort of a fortunate uh accident okay huh, when somebody's able to get <laughs> reconstructive surgery done on something maybe they were thinking about doing but we didn't really notice it. And then all of a sudden there was a profile shot. Mrs. Money Kate goes, Oh, she really did get it reconstructed. <laughs> You're uh, in there anyway. If you want to piece it back together not? differently, why wouldn't you? Sure. Um, so good surprise. Ruby's back. A great surprise. And what's funny is, man, they really, I think, have turned a corner with this women's division. 
It is it is really the most sustained effort that we've seen. I thought the match was really good. Willow's awesome. I think Anna Jay having an opponent who's larger than her is also good. She just felt like a little more comfortable, it looked like. Tonight, decent enough match. And then I, w- I was thinking about this before. Like, it was pretty much one pay-per-view cycle that Ruby was injured, right? And the women's division that she left versus what she came back to the talent depth is there. There's multiple stories. There's fresh champions. There's like, it feels like she's really coming back to a totally different picture minus what we'll talk about in a moment, but mm-hmm. um, really nice to see. Hey, she came back from injury. She wants to fight the person that injured her. Like they weren't doing very simple, logical stuff like that before. And now they right. are. So just really, really refreshing a good use. I wish they would just have a tag division if they're going to do this many tag matches, but like, a very natural alliance situation, like clear, logical, smart storytelling combined with the talent depth is something that's really, really refreshing. So we continue to see it. We see more women on TV every week. It's, it's really encouraging and um, a, a total 180 of where we were at four or six months ago. Yeah. I listen, I didn't expect to see Ruby back. I didn't expect to see anything. I didn't expect to see hangman back. So it's, also good i think for the women's division now we're getting somebody back right some fresh blood back in somebody who's a veteran and and knows what they're doing in the ring you know um and a big name so i think this is good they're gonna sort of pick this up like you said logical this person broke my nose and i want retribution um and maybe we can get ruby involved with something you know more than just a couple blow off feuds you know so this looks good hell yeah now we move on to uh, Jade Cargill uh, with her baddies uh, for her big ass TBS uh, championship celebration. And she says she wants to set the record straight. She made the baddies and she decides who stays and who goes. She got rid of the trash last week and she's confused as to why the two who are left were hanging out with her over the weekend. She's done playing games and, to stand next to her is a blessing. So either get in line or step. She says the entire company eats off her and you can compare her to anybody in the back. Uh, you know, compare to anybody in the back. Nobody has her body or face, her aura. She puts asses in seats and she wrestles for bad bitches. She's real. She's nothing but real. And she creates careers. Uh, and I think she also says, speaking of careers, Bow Wow's is a Bow Wow is a complete joke. And that's when he appears on the big screen to congratulate her on her uh, win and says it's all very cute, but time is money and he's done talking. So you're going to see him real, real soon. And that's all we get out of Bow Wow. Now, Kate, I'll say this. What a phenomenal outfit to put Jade in tonight. My goodness. Uh, Also, um, you know, uh, I think uh, I said to Mrs. Money because her comment about the baddies hanging out with Kira Hogan over the weekend. I think I actually mentioned it to Mrs. Money. I, th- I think I saw something on social, like a picture of the three of them together somewhere. And I said to her, like, why are they doing this? The story is that they're not together anymore. So if that's what sort of caused this or if that was a plant to do this then bravo, because that all makes complete sense to me. Um, now what I surmise may, or what I think hypothesize might happen, Kate, is that 
uh, Kira Hogan is going to somehow be aligned with Lil Bow Wow, right? That would sort of make sense at this point because why else would Bow Wow show up? He can't fight Jade Cargill. You know, that I don't know what else they're going to do. <laughs> He'll take a giant pumped kick and be in somebody else's corner. Yeah. Kira Hogan's corner, maybe Red Velvet comes to do something. I don't know. Um, but I think. I think you're you're right about that. It's kind of a weird crossover. I don't really follow rap closely, so I don't know like what Bow Wow's been up to. But um, all right. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I just know don't what he's feel like he's had hair. Just, like I don't know why Jay needs to be champion for this. Like it, it's just not a great use of a title, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I think it's just this is the one thing that sort of frustrated us. We've talked about it. I talked about it with Ryan last week. You know, we've talked about it here as a group. It's just like, you know, what? Who else is there to give to Jade? Like, you know, that's the problem. But you know, Ruby's back. I mean, maybe you Tony like Storm now. Rudy. Tony Storm could, but I don't know if she really did get injured and break her face during that match. Um, Oh, yeah, that looked like it was a sincere injury. But I don't know how, like, she might have just taken a hard hit straight to the face, right? She might not have broken her nose, but, you know, maybe a bad bruise. I just don't, you know what I mean? Like, uh, she should destroy the baddies and then lose to Chris Statlander. That's actually not a bad idea. Like, if she, because she's supposed to be a heel, but she's a heel everyone cheers for. It might be fun for her to tear apart everything that she built back up. Um. Until, because I I think that's what they're going for. It's just like she's out for a while. So. Yeah, Stat is still you know out. Um, Cabbage Sensei said you know Statlander, I miss her. Yeah, I think we all do. Um, Layla Hirsch, I miss Layla Hirsch. She was so good. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, Kyle K Sparks is still waiting for Layla Hirsch to come back from injury as well. Um, I I did I, I think I mentioned it that uh, when we were in Atlantic City for that rampage, uh, we saw her walking around, no no boot, no crutches, nothing like that. So hopefully she's getting close to coming back. Um, I would imagine stylistically she's probably because she would just like suplex people like crazy and stuff. She's probably like yeah, walking is one thing. Getting back to ring shape when she was like oh yeah, girl Taz is, is probably another. So. Hopefully oh, 100%. I, I agree with that. I'm just saying it's a to me, it's a good sign that she's not. She doesn't have anything visible. I can see like a brace or something like that on. So, Big so that's time. good. But let's move on. Um, we do get a short uh, video from uh, backstage. Billy Gunn interrogating the acclaimed like he's a drill sergeant. Bowens proposes giving a title shot to the best tag team in AEW, and Daddy asks, asks, how's that? That's possible. And then they suggest, well, the second best tag team. Uh, and then he says, uh, well, Daddy Ass says, there's one thing left for you to do, and that is scissor Daddy Ass. And they scissor, and, you know, that's it. So looks like they're going to give out a title shot to whoever the second best team is in the tag division. So we'll find out more about that, uh, I think they said, on Rampage. But uh, man, the acclaimed is just over. Yeah, there. This was fun. That scissor me ugly sweater shirt killed me. It says, uh, what is it? Scissor me under the mistletoe daddy ass or something like that or Santa ass or something. I have to this year. I got to redeem these nut sweatshirt under the 
redeem oh. these nuts on the open fire, I think. Christmas is coming, Kate. We do accept gifts. I just said it's I'm true, we do. We do. We do. Um, so uh finally, Kate, we're into our main event of the night. Not finally, because I like talking about this with you, but finally. We are at our main event, and it is the uh, third in the best of seven series match between Death Triangle and the Elite. And the Elite makes their entrance, and then as uh, Death Triangle is making their entrance, they get attacked on the ramp uh, by the Elite. Uh, Pac, um, you know, uh, gets a Kotaro Crusher uh, on the stage. Uh, Pac gets held down for a V-trigger, but he continue, uh, he counters with a super kick. And then uh, the Lucha Brothers uh, hit some stereo ace crutchers and we go to break back from commercial. They're still, um, you know, the match hasn't begun. They're trying to restore order. And finally, Penta gets thrown into the ring. We get a bell and the match is underway. I'm not going to talk through this whole thing, Kate, but obviously you get what you think you're going to get in a third match out of these two teams. There is definitely a different feel out of the elite in this match. It's a little more desperation. It's a little more seriousness, even though they're still having a good time. Um, and eventually as we sort of get to the end of this match, um, uh, the elite are able to win by pinfall with a folding press from Matt on pack. Basically uh, he went uh, pack went for a black arrow but uh, Matt threw his knees up and was able to get the folding press. And that was it. It goes one, two, the, the uh, death triangle are still up, but the uh, elite are able to get a win out here. And post-match Kenny Omega gets on the mic. He says there was never going to be a sweep as long as the cleaners in town. And he says, uh, instead of belaying this, he bids us all a good bye and good night. Bang. That was the show. So, Kate, obviously, we you could talk about whatever you want in this match, but I mean, this was just another fucking great match out of two fantastic teams. We didn't see, at least I don't recall seeing, and I don't have anything noted about the uh, the ring bell or the bell hammer coming into play. We didn't see it like that again this week. I'm glad maybe they took a little pause on it, um, and we are actually getting a pause on this series of matches there's not going to be one next week the following week two weeks it winners coming they're going to do the fourth match i don't think that's a bad idea so they don't burn this out so quickly also very much a real sports feel right usually series do go three games or you know travel and right they used to do like three break two break one you know one or whatever one 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 um but i think this is a good way of doing it I was highly entertained, you know, I honestly thought this could have gone either way and then they would have been down Oh three and maybe come back, but I'm glad it didn't go that way. I like seeing this sort of tension break. So, um, what'd you think, Kate? Loved the match. Uh, one thing I will say is Kenny Omega said, it's not going to be a sweep when the cleaners around cleaners literally sweep. So like, maybe think that through first Kenny. Um, but I, I loved the match. They're doing a good job of making each one feel different, which is extremely challenging, especially when the young bucks and, um, you know, the Lucha bros have faced each other before already a lot. Like it's impressive that they're able to do this. You're right. This had a very different feel. Um, 
the last one was a lot of fun, but mostly a rib on, on punk, right? Like that was the story of it. So that's almost kind of fun because it's not like you have to search for a difference, right? Like you can kind of just go out there and do what you do here. Love the Bellhammer not being involved. Um, I, I think it's, it's good. I'm not like a big fan of best of seven in wrestling. Uh, but this is, these are good enough teams to do it with that I'm I'm bought in and they're just ridiculous in the ring. Like tonight was a really good example of that. It was a ton of fun. A good way to close the show if it wasn't going to open it. Um, really, really strong stuff. Like I, I feel like they are back on track since full gear a little bit. Not that the shows were bad by any means, but I'm, I get that. Like I'm excited at 1 PM on a Wednesday to watch wrestling tonight. Feel again, a little bit more from these. Yes. Uh, so and the I'm, amazing I'm thing too, I didn't mean to cut you off. The amazing thing too is they haven't been announcing uh, large cards for these shows, but these shows still are packed with story and, you know, even the last minute sort of additions to the card, like, you know, the last minute edition, it was a last minute edition or within hours of the start that they said, we're doing Joe and AR Fox. Now, was it planned? Probably, but they didn't announce it until late. And then they announced Ricky Starks late. So, you know, those getting added in late. I mean, it is. I'm with you. It's fun to sort of look at the card and be like, "Ooh, there's a lot to chew on here. And also to your point about this headlining the night, if it's not going to start it, I was totally fine with it because, you know, more fine with it after I sort of looked at the schedule again and saw, oh, there's a break between the third and fourth match. So you would want this to sort of be the last thing you see to keep it maybe fresh for two weeks, right? The other part that was fresh about this was this was the only title defended on the show tonight, right? Well, no, we had the TV title uh, or the TV. uh, But even that is a new champion. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we were getting four belts a night and there wasn't like a 20 minute Jericho segment. Like they've got to lay off those. It, It feels so much more fresh when, um, those are, are spread out a little bit. So I think it, it's just good. Like there were so many times where I, I was like, well, the women's matches are back at nine 30. And I'm like, because everything else on the card is a title match. Like you can't, you just can't do that. If it's like, right. well, the trios titles, the tag belts and both singles champions are going to like, so I, I think it helped that this wasn't so ROH heavy. And I also just like the talent that we're going to see. A.R. Fox, Ricky Starks, Willow Nightingale. Like, this is this is fresh talent that should be on my screen, yep. arguably, I would say, more than Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, and, I and and you know, this was sort of what, you know, I'm not, like, trying to pat myself on the back, but this is sort of where I foresaw things going after yeah. Full Gear. Like, we need a fresh crop of, of people we haven't seen much of, you know, Um even if it's the the next guys up, right? Like the MJFs, the Darbys, the Ethan Pages, the Ricky Starks, all great. But now we need to push other people up. AR Fox, newly signed, get him on TV. Takeshta, you know, let's get him on TV at some point. I know he's been on Rampage, but like, you know, he's signed now. We can see more of him. Uh, Willow, I'm all with you on that. Like, this has just been really, really good to see after full gear that they're not sort of reverting back. They're pushing forward. And that's awesome. I think one of the things that they lost track of that they're getting back to is things like 
I have a good idea of who MJF's opponents are going to be, and they're nowhere near him, right? Wardlow's in something entirely different, but he's going to go after MJF. Danielson is clearly in line, but Ricky Starks is next. It's just good when you are like, oh, I see the matchup's coming, but I'm not burnt out by like everybody going after him on my show or whatever. Like, right. And Mox just faced so many damn people in both of his title reigns that having MJF be a new champion feels really good for the product. Yeah, it was a fun show. It's been really strong, in my opinion, since uh, since Full Gear. I'm trying not to sound like, uh, you know, complete AEW Mark, but I mean, we're pretty honest in things we hate. We talk about it here, but I felt really good about this in the two weeks following the pay-per-view. Let's hope they continue to keep it up strong through the end of the year, because then we got to push to uh, to the next pay-per-view. So uh, to Revolution. So, Kate, a few uh, things to note here just over the past week. Uh, one had to do with your boy Cole Cabana. Um, came out this week uh, talking about his return match um, against Jericho. Um, he uh, told the story on his Art of Wrestling podcast about how he almost died because he's changed his gear. Kate, did you see this? I did not see this, actually. Okay. So I'll read you sort of what he had. It's paraphrased. He said, a couple weeks ago, I wrestled Jericho. I wanted to share the story of how I almost died wrestling Jericho. Not a lot of people know the story. Some of the people in the back know. uh, The doctors know the story. I'm not telling this to make an excuse. Nobody would have ever known. Everyone complimented me on my match, and I'm appreciative of that. But this is just a fun story, and in 20 years, I'll be able to laugh about it. In the moment, I did not. I guess a couple weeks afterward, I can laugh about it. I wrestled Jericho. Of course, that match, there were so many emotions. There was a lot of tension going into it. My anxiety was high. Tensions were high. Building was hot. So as I go to wrestle Jericho, I put on my compression socks, my knee pads, and my boots. And what I don't realize is that I have essentially made a tourniquet in the bottom half of my body. So he went out and bought some new gear, one being socks, compression socks. He said, essentially, what I did was restrict everything. I remember vividly thinking, I can't feel my legs. I guess it's just the nerves. But it, it, was, it was nerves. It was the Literal anxiety. Ones. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was nerves. It was the anxiety. But it was also the compression socks. And by the time I did the moonsault to the outside... I had to run into the ring to give Jericho a flying asshole. Uh, I had nothing left in my body, and I attributed it to the night of wrestling. But no, it was because I cut off the supply of blood to my own legs, causing high blood pressure and low, low oxygen. I knew I was on live TV, and it was a big moment for me. I figured a way out. uh, I figured a way to do it to Jericho, knowing the match would come to an end very quickly. I could not move uh, and they, uh, backstage. He said, I could not move. And as I made my way back to the trainer's room, asking for electrolytes and the trainer being like, we're not sure what's going on. And me just saying, I got to get this stuff off me. I feel so compacted and I ripped off my singlet and I still didn't feel like enough and I couldn't breathe. I felt lightheaded and I had a headache and my head was pounding. And then I'm just, can you just take off my, can you take my boots off? And it felt like such a schmuck uh, asking a grown man to take off my boots. And he rips my boots off and I'm like, can you take my knee pads? I just feel so constricted. 
and he takes my knee pads off. And then can you get my socks off? And I say, you know, I bought these compression socks last night. And then the eyes of the trainers are just like, what? As I was asked to lay back for the next two hours while ice was put all over my body. I was educated as to why you should not professionally wrestle in front of 10,000 people and almost a million people at home in compression socks. So he made a vital mistake, almost a bad one, Kate, but he's learned his lesson. No wrestling in compression socks. Just like the weirdest shit that you would never think about, right? Like, that's insane. You wouldn't have known it. Good on him. Like, the match I thought was really good. Like, that was perfectly... Would not have known he couldn't feel his legs. That must be a terrifying feeling as a wrestler, I would think. Um, that's just nuts. Yeah, I guess between as tight as your boots are, compression socks and knee pads, of yeah. course you created like a, wow. That's I'm glad he's okay. That's like such a scary, weird, very weird thing. Right. It's weird, man. I remember the first Jericho Cruise I went on, Samu Guevara like injured himself because he was just trying to get his boots off and he just like yanked him off and he fucked up his ankle because wrestling boots are so tight yeah. that he couldn't wrestle the first night. He was okay. But it's like, he was like, I've taken off my boots a million times, but I was just like, get the fuck off. And he ripped it off and like actually hurt his ankle in the process. That shit is locked on you, man. Yeah. Um, so have I'm glad he's okay. That's a wild story. Jeez. Yeah, and and to be honest, I didn't know it, but compression socks are usually prescribed for people. Now, I knew about this. People who have poor circulation in their lower legs and feet or for people who have to stand for long periods of time, like a bedside nurse, right? So you're literally just sort of like standing all the time. Um, Clearly, Colt is neither one of those things. His circulation's fine, and he's going to be fucking moving. <laughs> so, yeah, yes. it was not a good uh, look. Uh, crazy story, but... That's insane, that. yeah. Interesting, yeah. Now, Kate, you mentioned it before. Um, Andrade underwent surgery for a torn pectoral muscle. Um, uh, so, apparently, you know, uh, he was in the, uh, in the news sort of last week because he put up that cryptic buy photo or that note that said buy with the photo of the mask. So people thought maybe he's going to the E other people thought, well, maybe he's just doing away with the mask gimmick. Nobody really knew, but what just came out was the fact that he had surgery. He put up pictures of him in the hospital, um, uh, with a note that said my first surgery, I can't believe it happened a few months ago. I tore my pectoral. Thank God. Um, I could and wanted to finish my match. I kept working because I love the business, but we uh, know that many people do not value your effort these days off. I took the opportunity to go to doctor. So um, he did have that surgery done, but that means he's going to be out for a little while longer. I'm just glad it wasn't like backstage drama with Sabi Guevara caused any bullshit. Like it, um, not that I'm glad he's injured, but I'm glad like it wasn't, that's not the reason he's out that um because he's a great in-ring performer um so just hope he gets better i can't imagine wrestling with a torn pectoral or compression socks this this is a lot why well but think about now here's the wild thing kate think about the run kenny went on before he came back kenny was wrestling with like a sports hernia and vertigo uh, vertigo 
and bad shoulders and like bad knees. Yeah, he had to have what like seven surgeries before bad eyeballs, bad teeth. Like just he wild. was just a for him to put on the match he did with Hangman to give Hangman the title when he was in that condition. Insane. I remember after the fact hearing about him wrestling with Vertigo and then looking back at those matches and being like, bro, you're going a thousand miles an hour through or over the ropes. I don't know how you're doing that. How the fuck? I've had Vertigo twice and I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. Bananas. I've had it once or twice. I don't remember why, but yeah, Vertigo is fucking nasty. Oof. So, Kate, last thing I have, and we mentioned it before talking about Stokely and the firm. Um, Stokely just did an interview with uh, Renee on the sessions. Um, uh, and they were talking about the firm. Uh, he had, I guess, sort of admitted he wasn't confident about the direction of the faction because it wasn't um, what they were supposed to be doing. Um he actually said everything that was supposed to happen with the firm did not happen. What happened immediately after all out was a huge part of it. Who we were supposed to directly feud with is no longer in the company. That was one thing I was looking forward to because I was hand chosen for that role. So I'm not going to say it. Um, I don't know the specifics for me. The fact that CM Punk said, Hey, I want to work with this guy that holds a lot of weight. Um, so People are sort of taking this a few different ways, right, Kate? Some people are saying, well, Stoke is saying he's gone. To me, I think you can read that another way. It's just he's saying he's not with he's no longer in the company. You could sort of also interpret that with like he's no longer with the company at this point in time, right? Like he's just not here now. So I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> I think as far as that goes, it's a lot sort of to do about nothing since nobody knows the status. But I think the interesting thing here is at the very least, it's the firm was going to go into some sort of long feud with punk and they were going to be way more involved. So it does suck. You have all these guys who you sort of pulled together and came into this picture, you know, Stoke came in and now he got involved with this. You bought in, um, uh, you know, a couple new pieces of talent, and now you're just sort of like have to shift things around. It kind of sucks because I think that could have been something cool that they would have done. Agreed. Um, so the thing about wrestling, man, everybody works like everybody's a fucking worker. So you never know if anyone's telling the truth. And then even if he was, what does that actually mean? Right. Who the hell knows? Um, but I would have loved. I mean. Stokely Hathaway and CM Punk have a mic together. Get out of town. Like, that sounds like a blast. And we know CM Punk loves old managers. He fought like hell to bring Heyman back to WWE. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I would have loved to have seen that program. I think it's really cool that Punk wanted to do that, especially considering how new Stokely was at that point. Because um, he debuted with Athena, right? So, I think it's a bunch of fun. I think that could have been really, really great. I don't think there's anything to read into about yeah punk status with what he said at all you just you literally can't like there's no. there's no interview that can tell you no there there's there's nothing out there nobody knows the status it's you know you see competing fucking people's you know shit all the time somebody says that they don't want to buy him out of the contract 
Uh, you see other people saying he wants, you know, they made him offers. Nobody fucking knows at this point. Like when something happens, we'll know about it. You know, it will be concrete across every fucking newswire related to professional wrestling right now. Like I said, I think that Stoke was basically saying he's not here. Like, yeah. not that he's no longer with the company. He's not here. So what are we supposed to do? You know what I mean? But either way, it's your it's another one of your guys, Kate. These are all things related to your guys. Um, oh, my guys. That's it. All your guys. Like Matt would say about his action figures. His figures. His figures. Oh, man. Well, Kate, that's all really like the news and notes I have, uh, you know, but it was another fun week of wrestling. Uh, Rampage is back on at the normal time on Friday night at 10 o'clock. Looks like that could be an interesting show. So I'll be sure to check that out. I know that pains you because you got to do a post show after Rampage. <laughs> um, it's OK. I was just really nice to start it at 10 10 this week. <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we've also got, uh, you know, they're lining up stuff for Dynamite next week. We already know about the battle, uh, the ladder match, excuse me, not the battle royal. We got we know about the ladder match, so that's fun. And they will announce some more stuff as we get on uh, onto Rampage. <clears throat> so keep an eye out there. And then, Kate, on Saturday the 10th at 4 p.m. in the East, we get the Ring of Honor uh, final battle pay-per-view. Um, uh, on Bleacher Report. So that will be a lot of fun. And uh, I totally lost track of sort of like where that was happening. Uh, we should probably see. Now, I don't know what you've got planned with all your other stuff, but here on the Mark Order podcast, maybe the possibility of another special episode where we talk about um, where we talk about the Ring of Honor show, because the past few pay-per-views we've we've watched have been pretty good. I know I got on and talked to, I think, with uh, Kyle K. Sparks and Eric Freeds were on an episode yeah. with me. I think I talked on Schlo with Schlong about another one. So maybe we'll do another one. Stay tuned. We'll let you guys know about that. But for now, Kate, in the immediate future, why don't you tell the people where you're going to be when you're not here with us? Sure. I'm on Fightful YouTube. Uh, Tuesdays, yesterday, we talked about ducks more than wrestling. So... If you want to come make duck jokes, you can hang out with us on Tuesdays. Wednesday, I'm right here. Fridays, I have the AW Rampage Smackdown post show on Fightful YouTube as well. And I started my own Patreon. It's free to the public. I just wanted to put out writing and content. Um, I accidentally started a paid tier for pay what you want. So if you do want to pay me, I'm not going to argue. And then I started a joke tier for $69 because it's nice. So, oh, nice. patreon.com backslash nice patreon.com slash miss kate faith you should have had patreon.com slash noise i should see if that's available worth the change <laughs> well i could tell you this uh on mondays and tuesdays even though he's not here now uh, cause we got big time tonight. Uh, Schlong is usually, uh, live tweeting, um, from the Mark order pod Twitter, uh, along with dark, dark elevation. So be sure to check that out. Um, uh, as he live tweets and also feel free to engage with him on, on the Twitter machine. He says, as long as you're not an asshole, um, he'll engage with you. So that seems to track. He'll engage with anybody. I think so, I was going to say, 
He says that, but he still occasionally tweets at me. So you can be oh. an asshole and get away with it. Okay. Well, he can be <laughs> to you, but he's saying don't be an asshole to him. Wow. What a one way okay. street. <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm uh, just here every Wednesday. Um, like I said, nobody wants to hear me anywhere else. So I'm just here on Wednesdays with the Mark Order podcast. And I'm going to let you know that you can find us on our socials at Mark Order Pod. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, TikTok. Check us out. Um, and uh, as I said before, you can hit our link tree in our bios. It's got links to all of those socials for you to uh, follow us. You can also request free stickers. Give us your name, your address, the country you live in, and I'll send you out some free Mark Order podcast stickers. No charge. Uh, and, uh, you know, thanks to everybody who's watching along with us tonight. Uh, nice to see you all tonight. The cabbage senseis, the Jason majors. Uh, I did see, uh, Jesse Ozog, uh, Kyle K sparks was hanging out for a little bit. Uh, Asian Joe Gordon post, uh, slow no uh, and a bunch of others that I'm not scrolling all the way back that I to remember. So, but pretty sure I caught most of you guys. Thanks for watching. We always obviously appreciate you guys. Um, uh, and, uh, if you're listening to us in podcast form, we love you too. We know that the late nights aren't for everybody. Uh, if you're listening in podcast form, or even if you're watching live with us, feel free to head over to the podcast forums that you normally listen to your podcasts on. Why don't you give us a little subscribe or if you're already subscribed, maybe just rate review anything you could do like that for free. A couple minutes of your time. We would really appreciate it. It definitely helps us out uh, in the uh, in the podcast world. And if you listen to us in podcast form and you've never watched us, feel free to go over to our YouTube channel. All of these shows are in video format on YouTube uh, and they stay there uh, so you can check us out at any time or you can listen to something and then go find whatever we were doing at that time and sort of track back to see if we were doing anything funny. Um, but uh, if you are watching us on YouTube uh, and you haven't subscribed to the channel, make sure you do that. You can set up alerts so you can get reminders on when the show is coming up and stuff like that. And again, it really helps us on YouTube. If you just hit that subscribe button, even maybe give a like here and there to the videos, it all helps us and we appreciate it. It's the least we can ask you guys to do. Um, other than that, Kate, I got nothing else. So we're going to call Nor it. Nor do I. I have to go watch the canyon. Not right now, but in general. All right. So that's the deal. I'm going to watch the, I don't remember the name. I can either get the name, but I'm sure if I just go to Netflix and look at what's going on trending, I'll be able to find that Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. It's called so, Falling uh, for Christmas. Falling? She falls down. Oh my God. That's right. She falls. The title is so on the nose. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, I'll do my homework. You do your homework. At some point, we'll compare and contrast notes. Uh, Hell yeah. Kate, always fun having the A-team of the A-show here Hell on yeah. the Mark Order podcast. We'll be back next week. We'll see if we get big-timed by Ryan. Uh, or maybe, Kate, you guys just swap next week. You big-time, and then Ryan comes in, and then I got to deal with positivity all night. I have to deal with positivity all night. It's a fantastic phrase. I'm like, just say something controversial. Do to it. To a point. Like, don't say anything stupid. You know, don't go all Kanye on me, but 
don't even go don't even go Kyrie Irving on me. Just no, say something please, no. like you don't like something. Please. I know. All right, Kate. Thanks for joining. Always fun. And thank you all for joining us, watching live and chatting along. We love you guys. Stay safe. Happy end of November. Guess what, guys? It is 25, uh, 24 days to Christmas. Get your shop on. And we'll see you here next week on the Mark Order Podcast. the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order Podcast.